Bursky. What is going on, G? What's going on? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm super stoked today. Uh, I know. I can, uh, yeah, go on. I can feel the energy in your voice, man. I can feel the energy in your voice. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have some fun times ahead, man. Tell us, spread thin, Brown. You got a lot of shit going on. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. It is, <laughs> it is, it is one of them times where you're like, okay, life is asking a lot, and i got to find mm. the goods. And I'm like, yep, yep, got to find the goods. Oh. But do you know what? It's brilliant. It's a good time. It's, uh, it's uh, like uh, the, you know, the analogy of the bow being pulled back. And it's like being pulled back. Being oh, pulled yeah. Back. What thing? You got to let go of that shit. And you fly forward. <laughs> yes. That is, uh, that's, that's all this is. You know, that's all this is. And it's like, uh, any, any, any test, anything where, where you feel like, oh, shit, I've got, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. You, 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 you are 100% spread thin. But the more you start to get a bit more real estate here, a bit more real estate there, you start to mm. corner off all the little bits, all the little loose ends start tightening up. And then you just, there's only one way to go, which is up. Right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. That's 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 the name. That's that's the reason for today being called Spread Thin Brown. But it's all good, people. It's all good. <laughs> Tackling it one step at a time, one action at a time. <laughs> that's it. That's what we talk one about, man. man. That's what we're about. Say, say again, G. That's what we're about. Talking about that as well. Recent times as well, like overwhelming guilt. Deal with that by taking a step at a time, and you're doing. You, you live in the you live in the living the code, man. Living by the code, yeah, man. Never stray from yeah. the way. Never stray exactly. from the way. That's the one. What is it? What's, oh, what's that? The that's, uh, that's I love that one. What's the what's the uh, Rocky? Is it Rocky Five? Rocky Five? Right. When he's like uh, one step at a time, one rep at a time, one step at a time, one rep at a time. I mean, no, no, it's Creed. It's Creed. Creed One. Yeah. He's, okay. uh, when he's training Michael B. Jordan, I think, and he's just trying to get him into the rhythm and stuff, and it's just like, don't worry about the the, the big overall picture. Just yeah. be about the process. The process. The process. Right. That's perfect. <laughs> We, yeah. we we should get straight into it, man. We should get straight into it. We have a special guest today. Yes, we do. Yeah, we're going to have a drum roll coming up as well. But uh, first, I'm going to introduce who it is. So it is Jude Hersheimer, a.k.a. Juju Kablam, a.k.a. Jiu-Jitsu, a.k.a. Juju Banton, <laughs> a.k.a. however many different names you want to give her. Uh, she is a Pilates and movement coach. So uh, she's the owner of JK Pilates, which is a fully equipped Pilates rehabilitation studio in Bromley and Kent. And she specializes in treating people with lower back pain and other musculoskeletal conditions. So Jude's an interesting cat. This is why we wanted to have her on the podcast in the first place. Uh, she's got some real cool insights. Um, she used to be a top musician, performing regularly as a solo chamber music and orchestral player from a young age. And then she had a varied career in the music industry and developed a passion for health and wellness, so we decided to retrain, and uh, here we are. Um, so with those cool insights from A Colorful Life, will give us all a food for thought. And she's also a practitioner in like uh, Muay Thai, and uh, she started doing wrestling with us boys as well. So um, yeah, not, not much further ado, but we've got a special, special intro for her coming up. Oh, not that one. That's not the one. <laughs> That's not the one. We got to do this properly. But um, uh, where is it? I might have just cocked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I might have just cocked it up. Let's oh, go, no. Let's Get go, Let's go, bro. Let's go, bro. Just it's coming. Just, just, just pull just that moment. Where's it? Let's go. <laughs> Start giving it a bit of the drum roll. Let's go. Let's go.
And here she is, Juju Kablam. Hi. Love it. You're right, guys. <laughs> Welcome that to the podcast. <laughs> As I was saying before, I feel like I want my walkout music now. So, yeah. I don't, what would it be? What would you choose? Oh, it's a good question. I've, I've not thought about this at all, Corinda. Um, yeah, throw you on the spot. <laughs> no, no, I've thought about it a lot, to be fair. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> think about it every day what would i walk out to um i would walk out to walk by pantera mm. get some get some hard shit in there that is a mean song like That's a sick one. I, I would hope that people would be a bit scared of that <laughs> 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 little Jude just comes strolling on through. I know. Can you, and then yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. disappointing. <laughs> no, not in any way. Just like yeah, proper, exactly. proper honey badger. Yeah, exactly. Proper honey badger style. Like, you're gonna be. You're gonna take. Uh, you're gonna take Sun's position on this one. Yeah. What about you, actually, Mo? What would you be? What would be your yeah, right. favorite? <clears throat> I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm thinking. I think I want to just play it cool. So what's coming okay. to mind is. Yeah. Uh, What's uh heard it through the grapevine? Nice. I feel like I feel like I just like no. Nah, you just kind of like meander down. Yeah, just like just like keep it cool. Is that the one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, that is the way, yeah. That's that's, 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 that's super that's, that's chill. Just, that's off the off the top of the head. Just like off, off, if I put on Spotify, I think it's the last like, like five it. songs I listened to. That yeah, was okay. there, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with that. Nice man. I like that. Because mine's super aggressive. What would yours be? What would mine be? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so actually, speaking of the last track, mine, mine would be super, super arrogant. The champ is here. <laughs> the champ is here. It's that O Fresh track. What if it's, you got uh, KO'd, though? What if you got knocked out? That was it's fine. Not it's good. fine. I'm still, I'm still the champion of my own life. That's all that matters. He, he owned the walkout. He owned the walkout. That's it. He's won that already. <laughs> that's all that matters. That, that's that, that's, that's it. all that I care about is the walkout. Yeah, Love exactly. It. Love it. <laughs> we're, we're super stoked to have you with us. So we, oh, we figured you've got, to be you've, here. Got, you've got some cool insights to be sharing with us. Yeah. Um, we've got a bunch of questions coming in from a bunch of people I as know. well. I ask you a bunch there was of stuff. a lot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I reckon we're going to cover end up covering a lot of that over the, uh, over the course of the conversation as it is. Um, we've filled in with like, you know, a few bits of segments in here and there. But uh, I reckon a good place to start is like, you know, telling us. Uh, Telling us about uh, you know your start in the music industry, I guess, or not in the music industry, or as a going musician. way back as a musician. Yeah. So because um, yeah. I reckon we want to build up into you know how it's all shaped you into who you've become today. Sure. So I started playing. I uh, started playing the clarinet when I was seven, and mm. I had a music teacher. He was. I, I remember he was a, a big, larger than life character. And he was a military guy, ex-military. So uh, I had a lot of, you turn up, you practice, you sit up straight, you listen, all that kind of stuff. Oh. And I had a really big memory of him when I was fairly young, maybe eight, nine, like, or maybe, maybe even seven or eight, running out to my parents and being like, she's got natural talent. She's got natural ability. She's going to be like the next big thing for me. Da, da, da. Um, <clears throat> we need to buy a more expensive clarinets. So that was kind of the start. And I remember just, you know, not really absorbing that, just thinking, oh, okay. And my parents went out and bought me some really expensive instruments. And uh, yeah, that was it. And that was it. That was the start. I started in orchestras really, really young. And when you, when you do have that, someone telling you that, you know, you have a good sound, et cetera, you've got 
good technique, you start to sort of get fast tracked to work your way towards music college, which is where when you're a performer or where you're a good musician, that's where you go. So you kind of start <coughs> fast tracking by getting into orchestras, getting into bands, getting into chamber music, doing lots of solos, doing lots of competitions, like pushing through your grades really, really quickly, which is what I did. Um, <clears throat> and you start to just rise up through the ranks, if you like. So. I did a lot of that, a lot of solo playing, a lot of concertos in front of orchestras. Um, we toured, we went to Europe, we did lots of things around there. Um, yeah, but it is that kind of rite of passage because you are being primed to audition for music college. And that's like the, the thing that you do. You, you, you audition for the colleges in London, you audition outside of London. And I did that and I got in, I got into the Royal College of Music, but, and this is where I suppose I start to splinter off. So I was still very much a performer, but I decided that rather than going to music college where I would spend all my time with musicians, because you do when you're at college, and that I'd have to commute backwards and forwards from London to my home, which is kind of near Ray Stevens. So kind of about 20 minutes away from Ray's. So I'd have to, you know, go from there to, uh, Kensington um, so I wouldn't get the full experience I'd be spending all my time with musicians and I wouldn't get this full kind of degree experience and that was something that I felt really really strongly about that I wanted to go away from home and I wanted to be with all sorts of people I wanted to spend time with a broad spectrum and I wanted to kind of embody the experience and I also wanted a bit more of an academic degree like when you go to music college I don't know what it's like now but when I was auditioning for music college. It's very much a performance-based degree. You just, you play. You play and you play and you play. You do eight hours of playing a day and there's very little, little academic work. I don't know if it's like that now, but that was very much the case. Like I had friends at college and they were all like, don't worry about doing any work. You just need to be able to perform. And I was like, that's great. That's okay. But I want the academic. I want to be able to come out with an honours degree that was, you know, I've used my brain. It's academic. So I... And this was kind of a big deal. I opted for university over music college. Um, so I went to Manchester and that's pretty much where it just started to splinter off. I did my degree, but then I kind of fell in with lots of music producers around Manchester, like the kind of the, the dance music scene, fell in with lots of DJs. They all kind of had this hub within the middle of Manchester. There's a real kind of musical hub um, called 21 Mount Street. They, they all had studios in these little rooms and I worked for like a studio production school and they kind of said if we give you a studio production sound engineering diploma can you come and do some work from us and I was like yeah and so I did a studio production course and I don't know if you've ever seen inside a studio studio like a music studio produced not seen it basically looks like a spaceship. You've got like a mixing <coughs> desk and you've got like lights everywhere and like samplers and synthesizers and stuff. And it looks wicked. It's like, wow, yeah. but it looks hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's like, teach me. What, what do I do? What's this yeah. do? What's that do? So I, Press all that. I, I'm, I was that person. <laughs> and, um, so I was doing that alongside my degree. I was learning how to use like Pro Tools and Logic, which are things that you learn how to piece music together and make a track, which is what any, any music that you guys maybe listen to, even if it's recorded, you know, drums, whatever, that will all be put into a mixing desk and then put onto Pro Tools. So I was learning that. I was learning how to sound engineer alongside my degree. 
and that's what was your what was your degree in again? It was in music, full bachelor yeah, of music, honors okay. honors degree, yeah. Um, yeah. proper classical, full on. Uh, Manchester was really hot on like modern classical music, but it was very much we learned about the history of music, we learned notation, we learned harmony and counterpoint, we learned how to write Bach chorales, that kind of stuff. Um, so it was very much mm. about classical. So to do mm. to kind of like spark off and do kind of a dance diploma on the side was was kind of weird but <laughs> i just fell in with those people and i really really liked it that sounds it. like your career yeah it's, it's yeah. happened um and that's when i started to think more about heading into the music industry i started to maybe move away from i loved playing but i was starting to hit a bit of a wall in terms of playing mm. i i i just the thing with performing is it takes it out of you. It's not just you walk on stage, you play. There's so much that goes into that moment. There's mm. there's literally blood, sweat and tears. It's not just that you're practicing that piece, you're practicing around that piece as well because you have to be able to technically do it when you're under pressure. So you can't mm. just play and play and play. You have to be able to, to break a piece down, get little bits, like take it away put it back and then you you can play the piece so but then it's also just walking on stage and performing <clears throat> that is a process and that it takes it out of you because when you are good when you're you know hailed as good everyone's expecting a certain level everyone's expecting you to to blow it out of the water every single time so and i've had that from probably about seven eight years old and i just i got mm. to a point where i was like i don't know if i i don't know if i want this life I don't know if I want to go into being an international player because that's where I was headed. That's, you know, being in an orchestra, being a solo player. I don't know if I want to be on tour the whole time. I don't know if I want that kind of life where you don't know if you're going to be in an orchestra. You, you're only as good as your last performance. You don't know if you're going to last or I don't even know how it works, to be honest. But it just felt like an unstable life to me. And what felt more stable is going towards the music industry, maybe doing a bit of music production on the side, but actually having a job in the business where I was in London and I could maybe work my way up. So that's mm. kind of, that was all kind of my thinking. And also just with being a classical musician, you do have to teach and you do, you teach children, you teach adults and, Part of me was just like, I don't know how to teach. I don't know how I create this sound. So I don't know how I would teach someone else. Mm. I think I'd find it really, really difficult. So that was all kind of mixed up in my head. And as I kind of moved more into production and hanging out with these guys who were making music all the time, it just, it just all started to come together that I was going to head into the music industry. So when I announced at the end of my degree that no, I wasn't, going and doing a master's, I wasn't going to the Royal Northern or whatever, I wasn't going to become a player, I'm not going to go and join an orchestra, I'm not going to become a solo player. It was literally jaw-dropping for lots of people. It was like, mm. why why have you got to this point and you're not going to pursue it further? And I do believe that people do just, you see it with athletes, you see it with lots of different fields, they just kind of hit a point where you can't do it anymore. You just, mm. it's tiring and... I felt a bit burnt out, if I'm honest, like just co that constant concert. And I was being paid at the time to, to do performances here, there and everywhere as well. You know, I, I was a pro player by that point, I suppose, because we were being paid to do like soirees and, you know, rock up and play stuff. And yeah, it just, I don't know, it, got, it just got tiring. And I just mm. felt like 
yeah, if I carried on playing, I probably could have got better, but am I going to hit a ceiling? What's going to happen if I do this in the future? So I, I very much thought, okay, now's the time. I think I'm going to go and get a job in the music industry. And I remember my mum saying, because it's not an easy industry to get into. It's very, very networky. It's not like you can just see something online and, and, and apply for it. You have to, you have to know someone. And my mum was like, how are you going to do that? Like, how, how are you going to get in? And me being me, I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. It's just going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pull it out of the bag and it's going to happen. And, um, and I did, you know, I, I suddenly, I, I, and that's the thing, like once you start pulling energy towards something, once you start like having a vision, I truly believe that you pull stuff towards you. And mm. I started asking, I started putting it out there. I started doing the work. It's like, once you start asking those questions, once you start putting it out there, I truly believe that that's when it starts to come back to you. If you really, really want to do something. And so my friends came to me one day and said, oh, do you remember our mate, his dad, he, he runs a company with another guy called, and it's called Beggars. And I was like, all right, okay. And um, his dad, this guy that I eventually ended up working for, did the publishing side of uh, a company called Beggars Group, which is one of the biggest, I think, independents in the world. And um, I rocked up, did an interview, got the job and became a publishing assistant, which was really cool. It was just basically like it wasn't the best job, it, but it was like it was like I'm in. And once you're in, you then can start working your way around. Mm. So from there, I basically created somehow a job in internet radio as part of beggars i was like i just went to my boss one day and went i want to run your internet radio station and he was like okay sell it to me and so i sold it to him and he was like you've got it <laughs> it's just okay and that entailed like create creating playlists and like interviewing bands and like recording bands and doing everything that i'd learned which was awesome but to do with music production and uh and that was really fun that was really fun so I yeah, created this job and then I was doing that, but then I went into online marketing at Beggars and did that for a little while. And then a job came up at Ministry of Sound as a product manager, and that's a really big job. It basically right. um, entails everything. So what happens is A&R, which is artists and repertoire, they hand you a bit of music and a band and you're like, okay. And then they're like, off you go, work your magic. So you then have to get the album artwork done. You have to get the, the band to be styled and do photographs and things like that. You have to get it on the radio, you have to get it on TV. You have to basically get it everywhere. It's like joining the dots with marketing. You basically have to just get that awareness out there so that when it charts, or not when it charts, when it comes out, people buy it so that it will chart. Hmm. So that was my job. And it was a big, big role, you know? and. At first, I was like, "Look at me! I've uh, I've done it. I've, I've I've got the job. You know, I've got yeah. I've got I've got the job in the industry. It's it's a good job. Right. I've got an assistant. Look, woo!" And uh, <laughs> and after a while, I was just like, I don't know. I started I started to get panic attacks. On mm. I basically started to get panic attacks on the train going to work. And I thought it was just that I was claustrophobic and it was just very busy. <clears throat> but then I started getting panic attacks on the way home from work as well. So my job started to become really, really stressful because either side of my, my work, I was starting to get anxiety and these panic attacks. And at first I couldn't really work out what it was other than that I, I just, I don't know, I, 
I was just anxious about trains, but I don't know if it was that. Well, it wasn't that actually. So <laughs> you okay. know the truth. I know. Thomas, no, Thomas, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what I did to try and avoid, and this was a good idea, but it wasn't a good idea. So I learned how to ride a scooter and I scooted into town. And that solved the problem for a few weeks, but then I started to get panic attacks in meetings and with bands and here and there and everywhere. And I was like, okay, there is a problem. There's something wrong. I'm just not feeling this job. It's incredibly hard. It's incredibly stressful. We work long hours. There's, you know, there's very little back. I, I was working on a particularly difficult band as well. They didn't like each other. They didn't like us. It was, it was really hard. And uh, one day, uh, one weekend, and I remember this really, really clearly, they were ringing me up on a Friday night. They were yelling at me about their websites and it was on their website. And then my boss was ringing me on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they were due to go on Channel 4 for some music show. And I was like, oh, fuck, are they going to turn up? They, they had been known to get out of cabs on the way to interviews and things like that. So I had all this anxiety about whether they were going to turn up and what they were going to do. And they were fine, but then my boss was ringing me on Sunday and I just put the phone down to him and then I had that fear about going into work. And I was just like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if I can carry on in this work. And also I could just start to see with, with the work and my professional career that with the music industry, I just felt like you kind of level sideways. You don't really ever level up. There's never an opportunity to really run a record company or anything like that so you're just literally leveling that way and I couldn't really see how I was ever going to make more money how I was ever going to I don't know be massively successful and one of the things that kind of came to me at that moment where I was like shit I just I just can't do this anymore was like I want my own business I want my own way of working I want to run my own thing I want to work when I want to work I want to earn better money than this. This is ridiculous because, you, you know, Centauri badly paid in the music industry. Um, and I was like, this isn't for me. I, I, want, I want to have something better. And all alongside this, all from university, I'd always, always gone to the gym. I'd always, always done some sort of movement. Okay. I'd done martial art, that kind of thing. Doing jiu-jitsu, not jiu-jitsu, sorry. <laughs> Doing taekwondo. And... Uh, and I really, really enjoyed all of that. So I had this idea to retrain. And on that fateful weekend, I just went into my parents and I was like, I need help. I can't, mm. I can't, I can't do this life anymore. I cannot. And they're like, okay, what do you need? And I was like, I think I want to retrain. I think I want to retrain as a personal trainer. And then I'm going to go traveling. Mm. And they were like, okay, all right, okay. And I was like, I'm going to do that. No, right. When was this, by the way? When in, when, did, when did you, yeah, when did you make that decision? Uh, mid twenties. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite late on, but uh, yeah, I made that decision and so I handed in my notice to ministry and then did a course with American College of Sports Medicine, which mm. uh, have you guys heard of them? Do you know ACSM? Yeah. ACSM, yeah. Yeah. So it's quite, it's quite medicine science based, which really, really interested me. And I went on the course and it, it, it did light me up. I was like, yeah, I feel better. It was almost like everything just started to have to settle down. My high blood nervous system had to literally settle down. And so I felt calmer. It felt like the right thing to do. And then I, um, 
I did that and then I went traveling and I went to, and this is kind of key because I went to Thailand and one of the things that I, I really like working hard, I think everyone knows that, that I like <coughs> train quite hard and I remember thinking Taekwondo is not really hitting that spot. I'm not, I'm not really feeling Taekwondo. So I asked one of my mates who had a mate that trained in loads of martial arts and I was like, can you ask him what the hardest martial art is? <laughs> and he came back and, and he was like, it's, it's Muay Thai, Muay Thai. And we spent like 10 minutes like Muay Thai, what's Muay Thai? Muay Thai, Muay. Um, and How do you even say to, this? <laughs> what, what is it? And then, so I spent like ages Googling Muay Thai and it didn't come up. And then finally I figured out it was, it was Thai boxing. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and we can have the conversation about what the hardest martial art is. But at that time it was like, I, I watched like YouTube videos and it was like, oh yeah, shit, that's, that's, that's pretty yeah. tough. That's pretty brutal. Oh, look, I'm going to Thailand. And so I just, I just booked onto a camp, booked into a camp. Wow. And uh, rocked up, uh, when I got to Thailand, I rocked up to this camp, never done it in my life, had no idea what I was walking into, this is very me, and uh, was like, oh, and, and rocked up and literally smelt the tile. I don't know if you've, you guys have ever been in a Thai boxing gym, have, no. have either of you, no, no, okay. No. So there's this really, really pungent smell, it's like Thai boxing, it's like Thai oil, and it's like Tiger Balm, but it's, it's a lot stronger. And it, you just that smell hits you and then you can hear like the hitting of the pads and you can hear like them shouting. And I was like, okay, cool. This seems cool. And they set me off with some skipping and I couldn't do it. I was terrible. <laughs> and, then, and then they set me off with pads. And then that was it. Like once they set me off on pads, I was like, <laughs> I've found the holy grail. This is it. I've found yeah. what I'm looking for. It's like, I literally, it sounds really crazy. It sounds like, what? But I, I fell in love with that whole thing. Like, I just mm. loved it. And I was like, yeah, I was due to go to Australia. And I was like, oh, can I stay here? Can I do the whole year in a Thai boxing camp? Oh, can I do it? And I was going to go, absolutely going to do it. Mm. But uh, I went to meet my friends. And two days after I left Phuket, and we were actually due to go somewhere else called Quad PP because we couldn't get there uh, during Christmas. So basically, we were in Bangkok for Christmas and Boxing Day. And on Boxing Day of that year, the tsunami hit. So, yeah, we were kind of right. in the middle of a natural disaster. And had we had our plans slightly differently, we would have actually been in the middle of the natural disaster. So mm. that was kind of a crazy thing. Like, basically, Eesh. had we been on the island that we were supposed to be on we wouldn't be here to tell the tale mm. so yeah that was that was kind of yeah. mad so that's the reason that I couldn't stay doing Thai boxing for the whole year that I was traveling and so I went to Australia did a bit of like uh fitness instruction that kind of thing but then I was like no I want to go back I want to go back I know that there's been a tsunami but I want to go back and uh cut my Australia trip short and went back and did four months in the Thai boxing camp Wow. And then came back, uh, came back home and started work uh, at an independent gym called Amida in Beckenham. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and uh, I, uh, me being me, I liked the idea that they were independent. So I chose them over David Lloyd. And they had lots, lots of perks to being a personal trainer and things like that. And I kind of learned my craft there. I became a personal trainer. And that's when I, was, actually I should say backtracking in Thailand, when I was training, I actually 
did some work with a Pilates teacher. She was living in Phuket mm. and I had loads of lessons and that's where I got into Pilates. So I mm. came back and started work as a personal trainer and then started my qualification as a Pilates teacher. And then when I qualified, it was like the two things together, being a personal trainer and a Pilates teacher, just kind of, it shot me up to like the number one personal trainer in, um, in the gym. It was almost like that combination worked really, really well. And then Amida got taken over by David Lloyd and I just didn't really, it didn't really sit with me. So I basically then set up on my own. I had a commercial studio and that lasted a little while. And then the landlord basically got greedy. So I then set up again somewhere else and there was a noise issue so then I went to my third right. commercial space which was a, a place that I stayed for for about five years and that was really good but I just kind of as I went into NKT and ID which is immaculate dissection so neurokinetic therapy and immaculate dissection my work started to change it wasn't traditional Pilates it was more kind of rehab corrective strategies assessment manual muscle testing and that's where the neuroscience started to come in the neuroscience actually came in somewhere else but um because I was starting to change I, I wasn't this traditional Pilates teacher so I had teachers working for me and I almost felt like I didn't really align with what they were doing mm. just because I mean you know it's like do you do NKT as well it's like you just start to kind of branch off a little bit as well and so that's when I set up the studio I'm in now in my home, and that's present day. What? <laughs> really, really good storyteller. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That was genuinely really nice to listen to. Like, you, was you, it? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Started from when you were super young with your first little broken clarinet, and then going from there to <laughs> level two, level three. That's, that was so good. Exactly. That was genuinely really nice to listen to. Oh, yeah, good. Really well. Yeah, it's, it's, that was, so that was natural. That's legit. Thank you. Yeah, there's there's so many things that I want to pick apart with that. I as know. Well. It's crazy, like, isn't it? I want to. Well, I want to take. Yeah, go on. Dig it, G. Dig it. Don't go yeah, around, exactly. He's like, oh man, this is. Uh, this is like, yeah. Oh, this much. is like chewing, like, eating a steak, but really wanting to enjoy each piece of it, <laughs> and just you know, nice and slow. I'm saying that because I had a steak last night and it was damn nice. good. So I've got steak <laughs> later. Wicked. Oh, bam. Uh, all right, I'm gonna, <laughs> and that's that's we can't let the listeners not know okay. where his name came from because right. people have been asking like where the hell did the name come right. from? I'll, I'll be honest, I'll be honest. You can't you, remember. I, I can't fully remember. All I okay, remember let me tell was it. something about coming up with an MC name for you. That's right. So that I was, was a little bit, I was a little bit envious of your MC name, G Banger, and I was like, yes, <laughs> I, I I want an MC name. Oh, I want a DJ name. Let's come up with a DJ name for me. And I think you came up with like Juju something. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not happy with that. <laughs> we probably went through like 20 different names or something probably. like that. And then I was watching a film and I can't remember what it was. Oh no, it was Toy Story 4. That's you do. And uh and um one of the little cartoony characters went kablam! And I was like, Yeah. That's yeah, it. Juju Kablam. <laughs> That's it. And then I told you, didn't I, G? And you were yeah. like, you just cracked up and that was it. I've forever been known as Juju Kablam. That's um, you. That was it. That's, or that's like uh, Woody, Woody, Woody Allen inspired name there. Yeah. yeah. Big time. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so no, random. Woody from Twitter. Oh, that's brilliant. Mm. So I, like, I, um, I know Gorinda as G-Banger. It's just like GB, G-Banger. 
that's that's all yeah, I know you guys really. That's why, see, I've just forgotten the origin. Like, we, we came up with so many names for you. I was like, I just forgot the origin of your name. I forgot the even origin of my name. The origin of your name. So why should <laughs> like, you call me GB? Yeah, Hello. because every time you say GB, I think of Gracie Baja for Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nah. It's uh, not that. No, it's not that. I don't want to be like, nah, I've been there. I'm not, I'm not there no more. No, you're G-Bag. <laughs> but yeah, and also... Yeah, and also is like, uh, yeah, we know each other through doing neurokinetic therapy courses as well. So that's how we got to know each yeah. other. And uh, all right, well, first of all, I want to take you back to being a kid and then yeah. playing the clarinet and then your yeah. music teacher basically coming up to your parents and saying, she's the shit, she needs to carry on playing. Like, yeah. what was it about you that he he recognized yeah, that you think, that, yeah, that you think that made him go, out of everyone else, Jew's the one that we need to focus on. Um, it was it was the sound that I could make. It was how I could play. I, oh. had, a <laughs> I, had, a, I had a natural sound, apparently. And mm. this is a thing. It's like, uh, and it came really, really easily. And I could technically do stuff quite quickly. I could pick it up all quite quickly. And and I could see my peers around me, you know, as I started to, you know, improve and improve and improve and my sound developed. But I think it was also my musicality. It was my ability to almost, I want to say transmit emotion, emotion, because I can't think of a better way of saying it. But I was quite emotive. I was quite a, a music, musical player. I had a lot of musicality. And that kind of came through. I was I was I was good at storytelling in a way um, through mm. through playing. Um, Umo said as much. There you go. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, 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 And and I think a lot, actually I think, before before you, before you go on is like where do you think that came from? Like if you're able to look back, is like why do you think you had the ability to pick up on the the technical capacity quicker than others? The the ability to tell that story through music. I don't know. I mean, you know, part of it is—is is it my physiology? Is it that I just—I'm, I'm, you know, I'm dexterous? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that part of my brain's developed better. My mum is in education, so maybe she did a lot of stuff with me when I was a baby to help that kind of cross-patterning of my brain. So I had that ability to, to technically do it quite quickly. I don't mm. know, but I also had discipline. My teacher, my clarinet teacher—did did I say this mm. earlier? I can't remember. He was a military yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So he was a military man. I did say that, didn't I? And I said, my dad as well, he was a military man. So right. I had, I was incredibly used to discipline and I was used to like showing up, practicing, doing the work, getting it done. Um, so I, I kind of, I suppose I developed that sound. I, I worked hard as well. I wasn't just like, yeah, I'm the shit. I was just like, yeah. I worked at it. It was almost mm. like, because he'd said that, it, it made me feel like I needed to work harder. And, you know, I could see my peers around me, the other, other kids that were playing the clarinet, and they couldn't generate that sound. They did hours and hours of practice. They had the same kind of upbringing, the same similar parents, that same privilege. They were able to get expensive clarinets. And they practiced a lot. And I remember thinking, why can't they get the sound that I can get? Why can't they do what I can do? And I, I don't mean that in like a, but it, yeah. it just, it didn't make Stop sense Stop holding me back, people. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. just like what I couldn't understand why and uh I suppose it's like being a bit like an athlete isn't it so you know when someone's just they excel and everyone around them's trying but they can't quite get that ability it's a bit like that and mm. I think my teacher just saw saw that in me that 
that I could I could just do, and I don't know how. That's exactly while you were telling that, Sergi. While you were telling that, that's exactly the connotation I got was the athlete, in the sense mm. that yeah. you're through. I think through your makeup, through your teacher, through your dad, through your mum, through your home setting, it pre-qualified you, yeah. and you didn't you didn't necessarily know why, right? Yeah. But but you just showed up, and there they kind of fit. Um, yeah. That's really interesting. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of all aligned together, didn't it? Yeah, it was almost like it. it was it drew me to that moment, and then that's when it started to develop and and grow and grow and grow. So, so it's um, like you you had that base from which you could then pick up anything, and it could have been anything. You could have walked into anywhere. You could have, you could have started yeah. tie boxing when you were five. Yeah. I just, wish I had. It just happened that you started. Yeah, yeah it just happened that you start, you started uh, clarinet, and yeah. uh, that then shaped the next 15, 20 years of your life. And then from there, you dropped that, and you you kind of aligned probably probably along the way you learned what you didn't want and you learned you kind of went back to your roots as to what you did want now you've yeah. found yourself in movement found yourself in understanding yeah. the body um yeah. yeah it's really interesting yeah i mean saying that I, I was athletic as well again like my teachers are like you're really fast we need to hone that i was always good i was always very fast <laughs> sprinting or hockey i was just fast so everyone could see like potential, but I was like, no, 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 I'm a musician. I can't do that. I'm sorry. Mm. So yeah. And did you I, and did you know that about music as well? It's like, did you learn early? It's like, yeah, I can actually do this, or was it just something? <laughs> it was. It was. Or did it have to come from your teacher to make you see that I can came actually? Came from do my this? teacher. Yeah, yeah. I, I had no idea. I mean, right. no, I had no idea that I was musical. Mm. We don't really come from a musical family. Um, I say we. My brothers. Are, a way better drummer than I was ever a, a clarinetist. He's phenomenal. Right. So, um, but yeah, maybe Umar, maybe you're right. Like we had just this kind of foundation where we had the mm. discipline and we had this kind of military, up, not military upbringing, but my dad was very much like my clarinet teacher in that he was like, you wake up, you make your bed, you brush your hair, you clean your teeth, you get dressed, you come down, you know? So we were used to this way, this quite militant way. And, you know, he was, a, he, was he is a lovely man. And he's just, you know, you're on time, you show up, you do your work. Yeah, you know, he's from the Israeli mm. army. So um, funny story, wow. I, I was I was called up to the Israeli army as well. <laughs> yes, dude. You're up with that shit. That's fucking wild. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I was just like 16 years old. I got all these papers through in Hebrew. Right and I yeah. was like, wow. what's this? <laughs> and my dad was like, ah! <laughs> just been called up to the israeli army and i was oh, like no 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 what a weapon in more can ways you imagine- than one <laughs> what a weapon just can you imagine me with an ak-47 we okay, could okay. couldn't we we got we got an ak-47 right here just a tie glove and an ak just like yes go yeah. let's go <laughs> just tie but just tie gloves it's just nothing Man. i need clarinet in one hand boxing gloves in the other <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'll beat you with this. I'll there beat are you with this. in the other. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. So it's yeah, like you got yourself out of that. Uh yeah. No, 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 <laughs> I, I went. No, you shouldn't have. <laughs> no, no Hebrew. Because didn't know anything. No, I did not go. I think we had to go to Israel to sort it out though. I think we had to right, actually go I'm sign working. some papers and stuff like that. So yeah, I got out of that one. Um, <laughs> oh man, not the lethal weapon that you could have become. Just slightly lethal, but not totally lethal. <laughs> that would make a good film, wouldn't it? Slightly lethal. <laughs> slightly yeah. lethal weapon. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine, though, how like, yeah. a different oh, life would be if I'd been in the Israeli army? Wow. That is, uh, that's madness. There's like, <laughs> could, have been, uh, could have been an international music player, could have been in the Israeli army, could have been able to poke somebody's eyes out with three moves. Also, oh my God, they did Krav Maga in the Israeli Krav, army, don't they? Say, so, yeah. Krav Maga for days, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have come back. I would have been lethal, wouldn't I? No, no one's wrestling Judah, Ray Stevens anymore. Not even you, Umar. Let's like, go. Yeah, let's go dude. <laughs> Umar's like this against my head, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> she's just like, fuck it, break out the camera guard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That was one of the things I was semi afraid of as well when you started doing wrestling with us. And uh, <laughs> it was going to smack you. <laughs> Yeah, you would stand there with your freaking Thai boxing guard. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to hear Honestly, there were a few times where I just wanted to push kick people because they were just, I just, I just couldn't understand what they were doing. I was like, you know what, a push kick would do me really, really well. Sprawl, right about sprawl that. again. Sprawl yeah. again. <laughs> just let me see this. That's brilliant. Little elbow to the head. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so with with the music training, it was kind of military as well, in the sense that you were smashing out a lot, eight, hours, eight hours a day, super yeah. disciplined, like reading Massive. music, playing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not that you just knock out eight hours. For example, you you know, as I was going into, as I was heading into university and just before, so you do like three hours of orchestral practice, like in an orchestra. You do like band stuff. Then you do your own solo practice and that might be two, three hours. You'd then like maybe go meet your pianist. So someone that was going to accompany you and then you'd have to practice together. So there was all of that as well. So it ended up being about eight hours um, all right. told. And it was just, you just cracked on. That's what you do. And, you know, it's, that's all I really have to say. It's just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what you do, you know. Dude, with this, right, this is something that I'm, the vibe I'm getting, I don't know if this is correct. Tell me if it's not. But yeah. You said earlier that you wanted at one point to find the hardest martial art, yeah? Yeah. And you yeah. wanted something to really just like challenge me, like break yeah. me. Did, did you ever have that with music? Hmm. Did I have, yes, what pieces? Yeah. What as did in you, music? Yeah. Did you have that like? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah? Yeah, that's a really good question. No, I mm. wanted to play the hardest pieces. I wanted to find, and it wasn't just like technically hard, it was like, to push me. I always, always wanted to push myself. So for example, my recitals were always phenomenally complex. Like all the music I played was always really, really hard. I'd always push myself to find the hard composers and that kind of thing. And actually I ended up, this is kind of crazy, my final recital before I just decided to knock it all on the head, I played a piece by um, a composer called Steve Reich, which I don't know, you may or may have heard of or not. Um, and he wrote a piece for the clarinet called New York Counterpoint. And basically, when you get it, when you receive it from Steve Reich, you get the music and you get a dat tape. And on the dat tape is seven other clarinets. Like, just it's basically your accompaniment. And you have to have a sound desk and the dat tape playing. And you have to then play on top and basically fit in with this recording. And I'd strongly like recommend that you listen to this piece. It's it's mental because you have to sound like a like a train. You have to sound like um like New York. It's it's that kind of it's that emotive kind of story like sound. Um, 
but you have to sound like you blend in. So that was really difficult. But also, there's no stopping. If that dad mm. takes, you, you can't stop. If you know, I'm not that I've ever stopped in a performance, but it's not a real person. That's going to keep going. So you have to continue, whether you like it or not. So mm. that was like a push. But yeah, I always did really technically difficult pieces, stuff that would that would challenge me and that actually to stand on stage and do would be really hard. And I did. See, it's Marshall. It's Marshall. What's the name of that piece? Steve Reich, New York what? Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Yeah, we'll put that up for anybody who wants to listen to it. Yeah. For sure. Because I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out for sure. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. There's there's something there. Because I think we talked about it a little bit with my bro like a little while ago, right? Because um, he's reading, he's getting through that book called uh, Gödelisha Bach, and uh, it's just basically, I like it. The 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 um, the idea of it, the description of it, sounds like it's it's amazing, and it's something I'll probably read at some point as well. But um, the 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 idea that there's like objective quality to music, basically, is one uh, is one aspect of it. Um, I'm I'm thinking of it from like a sporting angle, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. so I'm a big fan of tennis. Roger Federer for me is like, you know, he's he's a, he's an inspiration in more ways than one than just being a, a sporting icon. But uh, one thing that everybody can agree on, like, there is no one who will say that he doesn't play beautiful tennis. Okay. So, like, even people who don't know tennis will watch him and be like, there's something different between his style and somebody else's, right? In, in the, in, in, in this, in this beautiful, in the sense of like, what's beautiful about it. And, um, and so it's like, for, and I've been thinking that for the longest time, but it's only like recently been starting to think more about like the objective nature of um, quality. Like uh, we've got our own subjective idea of, you know, what's amazing, what's beautiful to us. But then there's also grounded in a basic level of uh, like objectivity is the is the theory, is the notion. And I was wondering what you think of that as well, because you were so in music that um is there is there the is is there an idea for you that there is an objective quality of music that you cannot uh, disregard, and um, it doesn't matter how subjectively it sounds. Some people can make a good uh, can make an argument for how good it sounds. There's got to be some base level of objective quality to to music. Does that, does that question make sense? No. It, uh, what as in like different sorts of music. Are you saying that there's okay? So, kind of what I'm understanding from this. So, for example, there's different there's different eras of music and classical music, romantic music. There's a classical era, romantic era. They're beautiful, and there's modern mm. as well. But then you head into kind of 21st century music. Sorry, 20th 20th century music, and it all starts to get, in my opinion, it's called. It's, they they call it anti music. They call it like the, the, the anti-chords, anti-this, anti-that. Is that what you mean? Because for me, I can't get my head around that. It's like for me, music mm. has to be big and beautiful and soundscapey and make me think about things and be emotive and evocative. Is, is that what you mean, G? I'm, yeah, kind of like... Different- yeah, kind of like, uh, is there like a basic structure to music that is required for it to build beauty from? Yeah. So uh, in terms of chord patterns and things like that, people do follow mm-hmm. the chord patterns, but then they also go off piste and that's mm-hmm. what makes it beautiful as well. Um, mm-hmm. They follow time signatures, but then they also 
can mess about with those and that's when it gets interesting so there's always mm. like a basis there's a foundation when you learn music when you learn to write music there's a there's a foundation to that you know how to progress a chord and uh, it's basically a chord progression Bach was really good I think this is what we were talking about with Sam as well so Bach was really really good at it but then what he was also good at is fucking around with it and, and basically mm. changing stuff up and flipping stuff so staying within the constraints of how music should be but then messing about with it as well mm. so it's almost like oh that's really clever he's done that but actually he's had the seventh there and put it underneath and then he's put the chord around there and then he switched it and then he's moved that around there and so there's this foundation but you're for me the great composers almost mess about within that they they mm. almost find their own way and their own style and often when they were alive they they were kind of poo-pooed for it or that it wasn't you know it wasn't viewed as music but actually what they've done is really clever i don't know if that's what you mean but there is yeah, a yeah. basis as a foundation on which music everyone goes oh that's nice that's lovely but then actually with the greats they play about with that and that's when it gets really really mm. clever so yeah. and you yeah, can see that's... that i think all through music as well you see it's like people that are innovative innovative and seminal in their in their thinking and how they make music, they're the greats, aren't they? You, you mm. look at people like Jimi Hendrix, the Beatles, anyone in modern day, they're the ones that almost like push the boundaries and just change it and make it a little bit different. And so mm. they're working within these chord structures, but actually they're playing about with it. They're very, very simple. Like you hear the vocals and you hear the, the melody, but actually what they're doing is, is a bit different. And I think yeah. that's, and then, and then people start to copy that, don't they? And then you like have mm. like splinters of bands that sound like Coldplay or bands that sound like the Beatles or whatever. So yeah, I hope that answers that question. Yeah, no, for sure. It's like what, want your own idea for that basically. But I think, yeah, um, yeah I think that, cause it's like, yeah, you just, you got the framework, you got the frame for what is a good piece, but then these yeah. guys who um, are really, yeah. pushing those boundaries are the ones who are taking it back to like real first yeah. principles and being like okay well this is what we know is the framework everybody says yeah. that this is what it's supposed to be but how about if i just play within that or how about i play around with it how about I mess it mess it around because for me this seems like there's the idea that if you totally fuck it up fuck it around fuck around with it and tear it apart then you probably won't get something good out of it like what do you think exactly about that? that yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely agree with that i mean there's a whole era of music um at the beginning of the, the 1900s um, and lots of people really rate them but for me personally it was it was composers like Schoenberg and Raben and people like that and Berg and it was the anti-establishment it was the anti-music anti and they just basically and it, this is purely my opinion they fucked about with the chords and they made it kind of atonal and and it just it's like, what is this? And I had to play a lot of it. And it was like, this is just noise. What is it? <laughs> For me, anyway. And yeah. it just, and it, it just, it almost was just a bit too much. And it, yeah. it, you know, and you see it, like if you tune into classical FM, you don't get a lot of that. You don't get a lot of that anti-music. So it is, it's just, if you deconstruct it too much and make it almost anti foundation of music, I just, mm. for me, it just, it never, I ne it never appealed. It never sat well with me. I just it, it didn't do anything for me. And I think you hear that in music in this day and age as well. When it all just goes a bit nuts, it's like I hear what you're trying to do, mm. but I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So it's, it's interesting how like the, I'm going to try and relate this back down to to who where you started off. 
And I think where you started off was more purity, more kind of, like you say, discipline. And these are like the foundations, right? And then you can go forward with that and build on it the way you did build on it. But when it starts to become mucky at the base they're like well what yeah. are we making here you know like, exactly. what, what, why, why are you why are you taking this this pure yeah. thing and trying yeah. to pollute it with other stuff right that that's a really off-putting thing exactly that yeah, yeah. exactly really that really yeah and that's okay. why i kind of was like i'm out and manchester were really hot on <coughs> modern right. music like that and it was like and mm. uh, yeah maybe that swayed my decision as well i don't know so oh, okay yeah. interesting that's an interesting thing because like it, 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 it does make sense that it would sway your decision because why you were there in the first place went away. So why are you there now? Yeah. You know, it's not for me Sick. anymore. You know what I mean? It's what, not for what me. What are we learning? Like, what is this? Yeah. 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 Mm. Exactly that. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that, that's, I kind of relate that a little bit to PT and kind of going from Leicester to London, being there for a short period of time and being like, hmm. Yeah, it's not quite what I wanted. And then kind of okay. sticking it out, sticking it out for the other reasons, like kind of maybe the financial reasons, maybe because of the friends are there, because the lifestyle is nice. But then being like, I got to return to self. Like I, I always, mm-hmm. I always refer back to the the prodigal son story, um, yeah. or the prodigal prodigal daughter story. Like you lose yourself to find yourself. I love, yeah. I love that mm-hmm. kind of uh, that that teaching. And yeah. it's kind of what I'm hearing with yourself as well. It's like you, you went there, you yeah. you explored it, but then when it when it didn't become what you wanted it to become or it started to become different sorry then it's like no i gotta go back to myself and where you yeah. came back to probably was was your roots in sense of just discipline so thai boxing hella discipline um yeah. amazing <clears throat> super discipline right so yeah. like, that's that's the subtext to kind of what i'm what i'm hearing yeah, yeah sweet that's i like that, man. that common thread discipline discipline <laughs> and hard work <laughs> But at the well, time, though, well, Umar, I didn't actually realise that. It's it's actually really nice to hear it yeah. now. But at the time, I didn't I didn't understand that process. It's like when I kind of left ministry and started to retrain, I didn't know that I wasn't feeling aligned. I just knew that mm. I had panic attacks and that I needed to get out. I didn't know yeah. why. I just knew that I needed to return to self. That was it. Mm. And I didn't know. I didn't understand that process. I just knew I needed something else. So yeah, well, life only know. makes sense when you look back at it, right? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. For sure. That's so true. For sure. Yes. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, man. There's, yeah, go on. No, no, no. Please, you. Oh, you can say, no, no. There's, oh, man. There's just so many interesting things here. There's just so, so many, many interesting things. Exactly. <laughs> it was like, uh, yeah, just the background of music. Come at, like, ah. Uh, oh. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. <laughs> so, like, um, it's, in, in terms of, what I mean, what I'm interested in, what I'm hearing from from your story, Julie, is, is like yeah. taking a step back. When you, wh- sorry, firstly, when you made that choice to clarify this for, for my sake, because I don't know if I if I heard it correctly or if I understood it correctly, you were training to be a player, yeah, as in be forefront. Like I'm on stage, I'm going to be the girl you're going to come shop and see. But then you changed. What did you What did you turn that down for? So, so. It was kind of like, as I spent it off and didn't go to music college, that was kind of maybe the first thing. And as I went to university, it was still that I'm going to be a player. But then as I then fell in with other people and got into production, that's when everything started to change. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. This can potentially make me more money. I think that was mm. part of it as well. That I was like, I see that I see this as more lucrative. I see the music industry as more lucrative. I don't know how performing is going to pan out for me 
am I good? And it was also a bit of imposter syndrome. Am I good enough to be that mm. top player? And possibly sure. yes, but I didn't pursue it. But I also think with that world, with that life of being a performer, you've got to want it. You've got to embody it. You've got mm. to absolutely live and breathe it. And I think that's what it was as well, is that I don't think I am your typical classical musician. And I knew that. And I think hanging out in an orchestra with people that were very classical, it, it kind of, it just didn't align with me. Mm. It's, does that answer your question, Umar? Yeah, it does. Oh, perfectly yeah. does. Yeah, I've, I've okay. got a million more questions now too. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, we're going to keep it coming. This is brilliant. Yeah. Guide you. Guide you. Oh, Matt, well, I was going to say the, yeah, that I think that kind of um, nicely goes into knowing when to stop. That was one of the yeah. things I wanted to ask you because in private conversations as well, I asked you, um, you literally said back to me, you was like, I do know that if I wanted that life, the international player life, I would have had it, but I didn't. So yeah. here we are. So, and you talked about hitting a wall. Yeah. And so how did you know when to stop? So if you knew you pursued this line, then you could have been that international player, which is something that, uh, I mean, no, I'm not going to try and answer that for you. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, you could have been that international player, but yeah. you decided to stop. And the question I have is about knowing when to stop because there's always this, there's this culture for sure around never give up, never give up, never give up. And I want the other side of the argument for that, which is, knowing when to give up and knowing when is the the right time to stop so when did you how did you know how did you know to stop and pursue something different i think it's because my heart lay out elsewhere i, I was literally mm. starting to my interest lay, lay elsewhere i was getting i was more passionate about other things i when i thought about being an international player and and doing that life i was like And, and I think that's what it is. It's like, if, if you really, really want to do this, then, you know, and you're not feeling it. So it's, I think it's about having an honest conversation with yourself, asking yourself Funny. those questions, you know, do you want this life? Where can you see yourself in 10 years, 20 years? Are you, can you see yourself as a professional player forever? My fear was that I would end up as a teacher and that's it and not be a professional player for long that and I think it was the fear as well that you know yeah you might be able to to do that life um but it's almost like I kind of stopped it dead it's like no 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 I'm gonna make a decision here and I think I I I, I like other things I I see my interests veering off towards here I'm not listening to as much classical music as I think you should. You, if you're going to be a classical player, you should be embodying everything. And I was kind of veering off elsewhere. So I think it just, it just came to me over time. And I just got towards the end of my time in Manchester and I was like, I'm not going to do that. Mm. I just, I don't think it's for me. And how did you know that you weren't listening to your fear? Like, how did you distinguish it being a decision made out of fear? and the decision that was actually in alignment with you? I think, I think I was just very, very firm. And it's almost like, because that decision excited me to go that way. It's like, I mm. could physically feel that I want that. I, I want to do mm. that. Whereas the other one, it was like, oh, no, I don't know. You know, I was, I was wishy-washy mm. about it. So that, that was it in my head. It was like, I want to do that. 
I'm going to go and do that. But also it was that thing again with me. It's like, how do I get into that industry? That's hard. Let me try. You know, Mm. it was again, Mm. that thing of this looks hard. I'm going to go and try and do that. You know, I've done Mm. music. I've done classical music. Uh, You know, I'm a good player. Um, But I don't know if I want that life. Mm. I think that's what it was. Yeah. It's really interesting. That sounds like, um, I think just yesterday I heard this um, from a podcast I was listening to and it was about picking a cross that's worthy of you bleeding on it. So yes. it's like, I, nice. I am, um, I, you just know, you just know whether it's like, yeah. is this worth me dying for? Like, yeah. is it really worth exactly me dying that. for? Like, and if you've got some, some, I don't know, I don't know, I, don't, I have literally no basis in that reality, right? But if I've got somebody in front of me who embodies something that I just don't align with, I'm going to look for the door every time. Like I'm just going to look for it because it's because it's just like you you need someone, but it's not me. Right. So the sooner I go, the sooner somebody else can come in and fill the issues. And because I've gone, I can go start working toward what I need. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's really cool. That's really, that's exactly what it is. That was, that hits it on the head. Exactly that. You know, like the other angle is, is I was talking about with my housemate as well. It's amazing that you bring that up. Same, same level of conversation is like, what would you continue doing even if you knew that you're going to fail? So mm. in flipping that question, which is, you know, where everybody says, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Yeah. It's like, well, I would do a million different things, right? But it's like, no, what would be that thing that you would do even if you did fail? And then you know whether you really enjoy something or not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know like the, the thing that you really want to do. For me, it would be Thai boxing and, and yeah, fight training, you know? Yeah. It would be yeah. like, I, I, there's every possibility that I'm going to fail at this. Um, I could walk into the ring and get knocked out, but I'm I'm going to try. Yeah. Just, that for me, it's like okay, I might fail, and th- there is a massive possibility that you could walk mm. into a ring and fail. But it's like that's not going to stop me. That would it's not, never. It's not a loss. That's not a loss. Yeah. That's not a loss. That's, no. that's, it's not a loss. Yeah. Doesn't I exist suppose, in yeah, that but it, it is. Yeah, it is that. That's that's the sort of thing I see. It's like that's yeah. I would just keep doing that, or I keep doing mm. martial art. You know. So. That's mm. a great question, G. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's that's like I, I can kind of pull that after like training as a bodybuilder or training mm. to live that life. Yeah, was almost too simple and like that. That's that's gonna sound like super right. arrogant and super like whatever. Yeah. But it was just like when it's when it's genetically like just here. You can if you'd like to put muscle on. If you'd like to do something here, you kind of just like. Eh. I don't, I don't know if this is like, this, this is not worth me. This is not worth me giving all my time and all my effort to because it almost comes too, too easily and too, um, you just haven't got to bleed for it. Like you yeah. need to find something that's worth, that's like this close, like to, I, I don't know if I can do this. Like that's where it's at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly that's that. really interesting. Yeah. That's why we've got to see you do the splits now, Umar. <laughs> <laughs> just like pull bar clubs and grab that toe up there. And be like, yep, got it. When I get that feeling, I get that yeah. feeling when Sylvia says, okay, cartwheels. And I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> this yeah, yeah, guy, yeah. this yeah. guy lives it's and like, dies no. on, a, on a lag hamstring curl. It's like, tell me it's <laughs> a failure. And I'm like, I could do that for days. I'll do a triple drop set and I'll, I'll, I'll go like Dory Gates mode, right? But like, tell me to do a cartwheel. And that really excites me. That's 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 the fucked yeah. up thing in his head. Like, that's, the, that's great. That is great. It's true though. It's like I'm made for that, but it's like, what's this over here? I'm gonna play over here. Like that, that, that's the thing. That, that's yeah. 
Love it, man. That's beautiful, uh, man. In that microcosm, <laughs> that is a beautiful lesson. Is like, here's the thing I'm shit at. I'm excited yeah. to go try it. I know. That's I think it's, but it's that like that little kid feeling, isn't it? You're like, yeah. I can't yeah. do a cartwheel. <laughs> no fucking idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to try. And I can yeah, see you exactly. lot like beautifully cartwheeling. And I'm just like this, this I don't know. This but gee, honestly, that, that's, that's like, I, I, yeah, I swear. I swear. Have you seen Ice Age? You know, you mentioned Toy Story. Like, yeah, of course. I'm going to go to I say, I think it's Ice Age 2 when, it, when there's the mammoth that thinks it's a yeah, possum. That's right. Yeah. Right. right. It's, like, it's like, I'm home. I'm home. But <laughs> like, you do, you like, in that class, you've just got to crack on, haven't you? Yeah. See if it's like, go, come on, fucking go. The and you're like, oh, okay. The mammoth that thinks he's a possum, that is. <laughs> Like, I love it. I love it. I like, I, I am. When I saw that, I was just like, I don't, why you find this weird? I, exactly, exactly <laughs> I did, I did this thought experiment. I think I talked about it with you offline ages ago, Uber, which was, you know, what would it be like to switch bodies? Like, yeah. uh, like the whole, the whole Freaky Friday thing. It was like, what would it be like to be 105 kilos of just muscle mass? You know, I just feel like I'd be the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, just feel, I just feel like, yeah, it, it would be insane. I feel like I'd be like grabbing door handles and breaking shit because I just don't remember. I, did, I don't know how to deal with this strength. And like, you know, you know it's like it's that, that, that moment where you switch and you have no idea who you are or what you are or what you're capable of and you're figuring that shit out as you go along you're like this bumbling mess just figuring stuff out i'll be like oh crap yeah i'm sorry man i'm sorry Whoops, for sorry. like crushing your head uh, yeah that was fun man that was fun. yeah that would be you figure yeah. out what to do with that. <laughs> that love it love it yeah i know i'm gonna i'm gonna have to yeah gonna have to like it, that would that'd be an amazing thought experiment like how long would it take to get used to that all that kind of stuff as well uh, so what would it be like crazy life. That, yeah, that no. literally wouldn't no. you would not be able to get used to that you just wouldn't no. it would just be like uh, <laughs> yeah. it, would, it would just it would just implode it would just implode yeah. so hard yeah. and so fast i remember getting told that like uh i think when we were in school or something and someone said to me once mm. and i remember looking at them like and, and they, they said something which was like uh oh if i was if i was as big as you i'd just go out hitting people and i was like it's fucking great. You're not. You're not at all. Like, you're not at all in that kind of position. And I'm just like, yeah, it's good. I'm so life, glad you're not in that. Life works out that way sometimes, where like people just shouldn't have shit, just don't get shit. It's like, no, that's not for you. That's not for you. Yeah, crazy. Oh my god, that's yeah. a ridiculous thing. You hope that dude's like grown up and like become more civil, right? Yeah, I'd love yeah. to know. I'd love exactly. to know. Exactly. But but you see it, you see it with things like steroids, right? You see it with things like steroids. Like people, mm. people have no no um control of their self right now. But then it it's like, oh, mm. let me let me get more lack of control, let me get more yeah. power. And it's like absolute power corrupts corrupts absolutely, right? And yeah. that that it just goes straight off the end of the scale. They don't know how to control their base self, but then they start layering and layering, and that tower just gets higher and higher. When it falls, yeah. it falls on everyone. Right, like that's that's uh, Big that's time. yeah, it's messed up, man, messed up, that's, crazy. That's yeah. beautiful image. It's a beautiful analogy. Mm. It's a, that's a massive Jenga tower that's gonna wipe people out. <laughs> that's <laughs> a good analogy away. as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, did Did you have a question, uh, Jude? I want I want to go somewhere with it. What's that? Sorry. Yeah. Well, um, I was thinking. Uh, so yeah. So when you so you moved into the music industry, like uh. You got good at that. You started leveling out at the level where you thought, "I'm not going to be able to take this any further." Yeah. What was the what? What do you think was the? Um, you talked about the anxiety and stuff. What was the cause of that? 
I think I felt that, again, it was this imposter syndrome that I wasn't good enough for the role. I'd, I'd blagged my way into the role. That was, that was step one. And there was, there was an awful lot. There was overwhelm in there. It was just... And also I was brought in to almost create a new way of working within ministry. So no one really knew what they were doing. It was all a bit up in the air. They were trying to develop artists. And it just felt like, I, I don't know, it just felt like massive overwhelm. There was an awful lot to take in. And I just didn't feel, I, I just didn't feel like I had a hold on the situation. I didn't feel like I had any control. Um, I, I, and because I was new, everyone knew each other and I was new and I was trying to find a footing within this world. It was a very serious company. I'd come from beggars where people literally went to the pub and didn't come back. You know, it was quite a kind of let it all hang out company. I think they're different now. But <laughs> so when I got to ministry and mm. everyone's just head down working, I was like, are we not going to the pub? <laughs> <laughs> so it was this new way of working as well that was really, really serious. And everyone was like <laughs> on it. And but also it's just I just felt like I didn't have this personality where the other other guy that I was working with, my boss, they were all just like bulldogs on the phone. Like, what do you mean it's not already a one? I need to be on right now. I was just like, shit. And I just felt like I wasn't the right person. And it started to become more and more obvious that I was too gentle for that world. I was too meek and mild, it felt like. And I was just like, so there was all this kind of personality stuff that I was feeling as well. And it was, I think it just, it was just overwhelm. The projects mm. that I had to do, the difficulty with the the bands, the fact that I didn't really like the music as well. And you know, it, it just almost felt like a bit of a, a kudos job. And actually, everyone's like, oh, my God, that sounds really cool. Like, you get to do all this cool stuff. And it's like, it really isn't. And I just, mm. I just didn't feel like me. I just mm. felt like mm. I was, I was pretending to be someone else. And I think that's where mm. it started to come from. That I was like, did I it? don't know. Sorry, go on. Oh, no, I was going to say, was did it, did it? did it feel like it was you to begin with, but then eventually you kind yeah. of, you realize that, no, no, I'm over, I'm going this way, yeah. personality and life-wise and what I feel fulfilled by, yeah. and this job is going in the opposite direction. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like I was trying at the beginning to be that person where you have to be really bolshy and really shouty and all of this sort of stuff and, and be that big product manager type person. And actually, as I kind of went into it, I'm like, it's not me. I, I can't do this. Mm. I don't feel right. I, I just want to go to the gym. Yeah, it just didn't feel like the right thing for me to be doing. I, I just felt mm. like I, I, I felt like I needed to soften as a person as well. It's like I'm not hard like that. Yeah, I might be in my training or whatever, but actually as a person, I am softer. I am more gentle. I'm not shouty shouty and really aggressive and like negotiating prices and all of this. And and it's, it's great. It was a great experience. And for business, like the business understanding that I have, it was awesome. But I think there's better ways to do business than that, mm. if I'm honest. Um, being pushy and being aggressive and it just, it didn't align with me. And I think I just dreaded the whole ethos and the whole atmosphere of that company as well. Sorry, Mishu, okay. but yeah. Nice. That's part so of it as well. It's true. It's true. Yeah. That's do, do you think you noticed that early on in some small ways, dude? Do you yeah, think that comes like so. the, the reason I asked that question is because there'll be people listening who were like, I feel that. Mm, I feel that. There's like a, 
and that that's that's a percent it's a little speck of dust you know what i mean yeah. you just think oh hmm, what's that and then you start yeah. pulling that thread and it's like oh shit i don't like this yeah. like what have i done yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I definitely felt that early on, but I think it is coming back to that thing of having an honest conversation with yourself, isn't it? And I'm, I have been in the past very good at going, everything's fine, la 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 la, I know, look, I'm doing really well, everything's fine, look, life is going great. And actually, when you do start picking it apart and you do ask those questions, that's when you start getting those answers. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and then something, Often it takes something big, doesn't it? Like that weekend for me where everyone was just on me. I was like, it's too much. I think it does take sometimes a, a kind of explosion, if you like, like a, yeah. everything comes to a head yeah. <clears throat> and you can't go anymore. I, do, I truly believe. Yeah. But yeah, if people are having like little sprinklings of doubt, then just, just maybe start to ask yourself those questions. Maybe start to just have an honest conversation with yourself about what it is that you want yeah i'd say there's no maybes about it you've got to be having an honest conversation with yourself yeah people don't know people people worry though don't they it's a hard thing Mm. to do to have ask yourself those questions it's a hard thing to do to actually sit there and go i'm not happy Mm -hmm. i think i need to change my life did you have any support system around you at that time did you have anybody that you kind of went to and said um look i need i need to talk to you or or like did you have any like whether it's self-effacing chats, like looking at yourself in the mirror and being like, oh, do you know what? I need to, I need to address this. Or, or how, how did that start to mm, fruit really for you? Really good question. I didn't do anything. I didn't really talk about it. I, I do internalise quite a lot of stuff. But what I was doing was uh, having things like hypnosis, CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy. Um, mm. I mean, you know, I'll throw stuff at it. I will try my hardest. I will, I will, I will do the work. Um, what else was I doing? Acupuncture. I, I was trying to find my way through. Mm. Um, but no, I, I don't tend to, I didn't used to talk about the big stuff, possibly until it was too late, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Interesting. That's really interesting. And, and, and nobody around you realized either. Nobody around you kind of realized that, no, she's not fit. Because you, right. you were good at it, right? You were good at kind of making the glove fit. Yeah, but also I'm a performer, so I'm yeah, good at putting go. on a front, aren't I? Yeah. So I'm very, very good at everything's fine. Yes. Yeah. 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 Perfect. That's kind of the perfect storm, right? Where you just, you you don't know until it's right there. Yeah. 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 Bam. There you go. Mm. And how much of that is also to do with not feeling like you had the right people around you to be able to talk about it versus you being super guarded about talking about it? I I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have really close mates. It's almost like, and this is me coming back to asking yourself that question because you've got to admit to yourself that there's a problem. Before you can start mm. having conversations with anyone else about what's going uh-huh. on in your life, you've got to admit to yourself that there's a problem. And again, I'm very good at going, la, 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 everything's fine. Look at me with my job. And uh, until you have, until again, it comes to like a head, I'm not going to have that honest conversation. I'd almost say there's no conversation to be had because yeah. you know, you know, there's, yeah. there's like, there's like, there is a conversation to be had, but the conversation is let me go do this first and then we'll chat about what's next. Cause yeah. this is the thing I need to address. It's like, it's like, the, I, I love the uh, shout out to my, my, my former flatmate, Dan miles. He showed me this picture once. He was like, um, you've got a problem and you're solving the, li- you're solving the little things. It's like, it's like mowing the lawn while the house is on fire. 
exactly like, that. Yeah, I, need, I, need to, I need to, that's exactly that. I need to go yeah. and quill, yeah. right? And I know exactly what I need to do. I need to put this fire out because fucking my house is yeah. burning down. But I'm, I'm just <laughs> over here just like trimming trimming the, the freaking petunias or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. You've got to look pretty, like, man. While the house goes down. It's got to <laughs> but I think you'll find that a lot of people do that. They tend to yeah. the everyday shit, or oh, let me get my papers in order, let me get the shopping in order, and they don't yeah, exactly. tend to focus on the big stuff. Yeah, yeah, completely. And you know, yeah, it is. It's but you know, I'm trying to think of from a neuroscience point of view, from a that kind of point of view. It's like, what is that? Is that almost like a dopamine thing where they? I don't know. I'm, I can't really access it in my mind, but. Lots of people do that, where they'll just focus on like getting their ducks in a row for every day, but they won't really focus on the big stuff. I don't yeah. really know what it is, but yeah. I would, I would suggest, like, I, I don't know this. G G usually comes with the with the hot science on this, but um, yeah, I would suggest that it's like kind of a, maybe a case of knowing that you need to change but maybe being afraid of that change and just, exactly just being like oh i don't i don't really know uh i don't really know how it's gonna go i don't know how because yeah. like you build up this this house and to you it's a glass house but yeah. to everybody else it's like oh wow it's a nice shiny house it's mm -hmm. like cool but i, I don't want to live in this house you know what i mean i, I don't want to live here but then 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 you're just like where where am i going to be who am i going to be hanging out with how will i be associating what will my routine be what will yeah. all of this stuff all these questions have to now have answers and you ain't yeah. got how you, you ain't got any of the answers you know you all you just the only thing you know is this is wrong yeah yeah and that's scary that's scary that. to not have the answer especially when people look at you and, and they associate you with somebody who has their shit together and then yeah. it's the pressure's on for you to just continue that and it's like oh well i'll just continue it then because this this is easier and i know this i know this i can do this and then then it's like well i'm 65 what the fuck do i do now exactly but then yeah for me, it's like, I, I think I always get to a point where I'm like, I can't do that. And, and actually, for example, when I left ministry, so many people come up to me and went, well done you. I'm so yeah. jealous. You've done the right thing. You've got out. That's amazing. You're so brave. Blah, 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 blah. And, it, and it, it's like, <laughs> <don't>, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't feel it at the time. You feel like a, yeah. a bit of a failure, you know. But actually, yeah, you are brave. You're changing yeah. and evolving. Mm. But it's amazing how people come out of the woodworks like that as well, right? right. It's like, oh, Always. right, so you're going through the same thing. Oh, you're going through the same thing. Oh, you're going through the same thing. Yeah. Why the fuck are you doing anything about it? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, why it's am I the only me. one doing yeah. anything about it? Always, yeah. It's like, it just so it goes to show again, it's like, yeah, there's bravery as well, but there's there's, there's that level of honesty that you're, you're willing to have with yourself, which yeah. is just going to propel you. It's like, uh, this, is, this is what this whole, like us setting up this podcast was about, is like having this honest conversation with each yeah. other. And um, and just putting it out there is like, if you want to get somewhere, if you want to fulfill your level of potential, we're coming at it from that physical background, but we like to talk about mindset. We like to talk about nutrition. We like to talk about wellness. We've got philosophy in our back of our mind as well that we're all talking about science, everything. And ultimately, the only way you get forward is having an honest conversation. And if you're not going to do that, like with yourself, it's just you're going to be plodding along. You're not going to be getting anywhere which is worthwhile for yourself. It's like, yeah, something that I feel like um, quite strongly about because it's just uh, yeah we just we just got to be able to do it and it's hard it's fucking it's hard. hard work man people, people because, will come uh, along just, you, yeah yeah because yeah ultimately because it just means like you know you're going to shed a piece of yourself or a massive part of yourself which you identify with and it 
but just because you identify with it doesn't mean that it's 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 you you know it's uh, it's a part of you but you can always change we've talked about it previously in the podcast as well where exactly. your identity is shifting as you go through different phases in life you're you're living proof of that as well from being like okay being a musician to working in the music industry to doing health and wellness and uh, doing some hard graft in like uh, grappling and uh, Muay Thai is like these are different parts of you and it's always evolving so yeah. go with that evolution rather than trying yeah, to put it exactly. off exactly that yeah I mm. couldn't agree more yeah makes, makes you makes you kind of proud makes you proud to, to what well, makes me yeah. proud to, 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 to know people like that because it's it's yeah. strong it's, it's like you do yeah. you say all the time like strong right yeah. that's yeah. that's embodiment of it like not knowing but knowing i'll be okay it's like i'm not going to make the right decision but i'll make the decision right you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. that, nice. that's that's exactly. um yeah. my mum my like i talk about my mom all the time on the podcast right like yeah. at the age of what 54 55 because like been been a teacher most of her life been a been a, been a uh, teaching a teaching assistant as well in the past um taught in a special needs school with like severely disabled kids and then just yeah. goes i'm going to be a driving instructor amazing like, what? Yeah. what the fuck like that's, that's so totally cool cuts but that and that and now Love she's it. talking about how how she wants to to get into what we get what we do which is pt and it's like oh, yeah. wow this is this is amazing like then that, and that's like what i what i wanted to link that to was almost like the people that you know that are still where you know they shouldn't be i doubt mm. they had the the day one that dude that you had the day one in terms of Discipline from dad, discipline yeah. from moving, moving, moving instructor, discipline yeah. from mom, like structure from mom. All these things, they're like, they're you, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they form the bedrock of who you are. And then exactly. like along the, along the way, we kind of lose that, but we kind of return to that, right? Like about what I said earlier. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if they, if they come from that same stock and then that's not mean to, that's not, that's not me, me saying that they're less or more or we are or we're, we're that not. That is what it it's is, just, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And yeah. It's interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's just, um, but yeah, again, it's like, uh, it's all, because you know, we say this because it's from a place of just like pure, like it's just from a place of pure love. It's like, we know what you are capable of, or you know, like what you're capable of, you just aren't expressing it. If you've yeah. got this internal consternation, if you've got something that you're always worrying about. And yeah. just like, just like Mar says, you're not going to know all the answers. You just move forward without knowing the answers because you'll make the decision right over time. And that's what, that's what it's always about. That's what it's always about. And that's why I guess that's why like like we kind of resonate as well, Jude. Because yeah. my 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 similar sort of story as well. Mid twenties, um, approaching my mid twenties, and I'm like, oh, I'm doing this tax job, and I don't even. Uh, I've started building up a level of anxiety, like going into work, right. and I'm like, what the hell is this? And it's basically it's like the beginning of my awakening. I would call it like I was born when I was 25. <laughs> you know, which is, uh, <laughs> it's just like yeah, it's just like. Pretty much, it felt like it was like, uh, oh shit, there's this mortal life and just yeah. plodding along, right? It was, uh, I wasn't really considering like what I'm like, what I genuinely like, what my future is going to be like, and all that kind of stuff. And then one day, just like kind of started making sense and I started thinking about it. And I did the same thing, you know, I made that transition because yeah. it's like, uh, what the hell else am I going to do? Am I going to live a life of anxiety and just feel like I just want to plod along, or am I just going to do yeah. something which, uh, you know, it just goes back to that question of um, what would you do even even if uh, even if you were going to fail at it, and it's like I would still do this. Uh, Why did you pick personal training? For me, it was um, same thing in the sense that I was 
I was always taking care of myself. I was always interested in health and wellness. Yep. And I would <clears throat> I would go, um, and then during that period especially, I got more into it because I realized that being in my body was more helpful to me um, yep. to help me deal with the emotions uh, that I was going through or just to deal with the situation. And um, and then it just came to a question of uh, a friend of mine really asked me a good question around it as well, because I just thought, oh, I like health and fitness and wellness. And then, you know, maybe I could do this for a living. And he was like, it sounds like you're going to be a teacher. Could you teach it? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good question. And um, right. I was like, yeah, actually, yeah, like, um, sure, because it's um, and then like without really knowing at the time. But that's the thing that I like doing is understanding information, breaking it down into something that's actionable for other people. Yeah. And um, and like you know, being able to go a couple levels deeper on the thing, so that I can deliver it in a in a in a in a way that people can understand it and do something about it. And I was like, yeah, actually, I I think I feel like I could do that. And then so that's what it came down to. And it was very much about going into health and fitness. And then, but you know, me being the curious person that I am, I realized yeah. there's a hell of a more to it than Massive. just health and fitness yeah and it was like i got in and i realized oh shit I've, i thought i was doing this but then this is what the actual uh, capabilities and the possibilities look yeah. like you know there's a massive spectrum here and then i started like going down more of a spectrum that i really like but uh um yeah that's why it was because i just realized that i was the dude who um, when we were like 16 or 17 and <laughs> going to the school gym and everybody's like bunching out Bench and buys, and I was doing <laughs> car phrases. It's like, what, what the hell is this guy doing car phrases? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. It just seems like I should take care good. of all of my body. Yeah, it's <laughs> not just, not just that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a random one. So, uh, and I just realized that okay, it's always been in me. I just need yeah. to express that, and I need yeah. to, I need to find out how far I can pull on that thread. And yeah, yeah here we are today. Same, same thing. Same, 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 same. like that for you. Yeah, I want to ask a random question before that. I'm going to get yeah, to, sure. to my own. But like, uh, what was the first session that you delivered with a client? What, what, like, <laughs> just, just fra frame the client yeah. and frame what you did uh, as a, as a, oh, this is my session for you. I'll go first, right? Because I kind of, I, 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 no, it's bad. It's bad. Oh, no. what, it what my first ever <laughs> session delivered was in Streatham um a mm. client's name I, I can picture her i can't remember her name this is really bad um and basically we just did wild circuits i did i did silver, <laughs> i did silver <laughs> style. i just did it silver wild style. Yeah, it, the the thought process in my uh. mind right which i don't think was a bad one right now that i think back i kind of like shoehorning this hard right but yeah it was that it was this is what i do fuck all about trading right but <laughs> I, I i i i think that what i tried to do with this lady was build a general baseline of fitness and make her move everything like make her move as a <laughs> as a push as a pull as a yeah. as a carry as a core as a upper as a lower like that was the a1 to a5 it was a rest it was a repeat of twice yeah. and it was a b1 b1 to b5 and then it was like just giant sets all the way through um and the, yeah the thought process in my head was like going to build some kind of general level of fitness, like general physical preparedness. Like you hear of that term nowadays. Yeah, yeah. That was my like wheelhouse. I was like, okay, we're going to work hard. <laughs> That's it. I ain't got nothing else. I got <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> but you're going to you check, check your whoop after. It's going to say a high number. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's me done. That's yeah. the yeah. session. That's it. Um, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. If there was a whoop. 
Yeah. If there was a whoop and you checked it, it would say dead. <laughs> yeah. If there yeah. was a whoop. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, dear. Pushed it a little too hard. Yeah, uh, man, that's hilarious. I love that. But no, that exactly. Your, your so line good. of thinking is right, but that's when we just don't know enough to know what's yeah. best, right? That's no, it. That's like, it. We, always, we, we come so from good. somewhere. We come from somewhere. God bless all those clients who just let us. Like, yeah. I know. In a, um, in a way, we're guinea pigs, right? That's yeah, you're guinea pigs. And, and that, that's like, that's like we need, like, uh, there's a, the, the term is like, the uh, the saying is that the, the, te- the teacher and the taught together creates the teaching. And it's nice. like, that, that can't happen without me being willing exactly and you being that. willing and then we being like there and then, right? So thank you very much. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> 100%. Uh, what, what, what was it for you Jude what about you guys oh man so so I did ACSM and American College of Sports Medicine are very hot on things like you've got to take their blood pressure you've got to make sure that they're okay and it was very little about you know actually what exercises you're supposed to do so <laughs> all, all they sort of jumped into is like you know basically if they if they have like the material for a heart attack you've got to be careful and and the thing mm. was is that they were like there's very little chance of you seeing anyone have a heart attack in the gym, but um, it's like 0.0001%. Well, guess what? When I was training to do, to be like a personal trainer, whatever, I had to do work experience. What did you do? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the gym when someone had a heart attack and died. Oh, sh- oh I know. shit. As Die? I was learning, Fuck. it's like 0.0001% and I was in the gym at that time. Right. So I had that in my head and all the ACSM guidelines. So my first personal training session was with this Oof. quite big guy, fairly high blood pressure. I was just like that. Ah! Mm. So he was like yeah. doing really, really gentle cycling. How's your RPE? That kind of thing. <laughs> and then just like, you know, 10 sets, 10 reps of three sets. It was terrible. But I was yeah. so scared. I was so scared that I was going to give him a heart attack. That, that's, all, that's all he had. Off you go. Vision of Head you back. just scrolling through the book. You're like, what does it say now? What does it say yeah. now? <laughs> <laughs> What's the guideline? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, wow. That was it. That was it. Yeah, That's so it brilliant. was, it was, it was bad. It was bad. I got better. I definitely got better. <laughs> I'm just, it's just like the, the duality of what you were doing was what I was doing, which is definitely trying to kill my client, and you're just yeah. like, planning like, your client. Like, just calm down. It's okay. <laughs> you're supporter. What's your RPE now? Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. Exactly. Brilliant. brilliant. Uh, what about you, G? What's yours? Oh man, it's like uh, it, it's it's the opposite of Uber because <laughs> you know me. We've talked about it before. I'm like I was just like there's full ham, and then I'm on the other side, which is like uh, let's work on your let's work on your movement skills. So I, I love it. I, like one of the first memories I have is like first of all I was just surprised when my first client signed up right you're like oh you, you want training for me all right great it's that, it's that classic feeling oh. that classic feeling yeah. you just like, you've just convinced somebody to train with you and you're like. Hmm, I don't know how I pull that off, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's okay. gonna happen. It's Are gonna you happen. Sure? Are you <laughs> <sure>? <laughs> and then uh, one of the memories I have with a session with one of my clients was um, like getting them to do step ups on the, one of those Reebok step boxes. Yeah, and I was and I was not letting them move on until that knee did not did not move. Oh my god, <laughs> love it, love so it. You. 
<laughs> exactly. It's like that is the worst version of the most uh, most anal part of my uh, <laughs> tra training. Like, Do it again. Make, yeah, exactly. It makes sense why why you know why I am the way that I am when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to movement training. It's freaking hilarious where it comes from. It. Obviously, this is like. <laughs> eight and a bit years ago now so it's like that's brilliant things, things move on things move on we learn. <laughs> for sure for sure yes. have, thank god yeah let, let, let's, let's let's say that statement after we no longer are terrible personal <laughs> trainers no we're, we're, we're good now we're all good yeah, now we're good. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. The, best, the best part about that is when you when you listen to like people like charles poliquin and like mm. Derek woodski talking about like their early pt days and how they're just the same like just yeah. new, new new like a sure. nuance and like yeah. ran with it super hard like yeah. everybody gets yeah. the same program everybody gets yeah. like that's, that's, that's how you have but that's how you have to start i suppose that that's, that's how like med medicine in a way started and uh and we are kind of an offshoot of that in a, in a weird way massive yeah 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 for sure it's like yeah. uh jude will know who he is as well thomas wells is yeah. uh, one of the nkt instructors yeah just you basically if you listen to him you watch him work you're like this guy is from another world right mm. um incredibly intuitive and incredibly systematized both at the same time Massive. and so you can learn a shit ton from him very quickly and it's just incredible and um so it's like when you hit and he's been doing like nkt for like 16 17 years or something so when you hear of him like telling stories about when he started doing it and he was like look i would just i was so bad at this i would be working for like weeks on end with one particular client and just working on a particular set of muscle tests and being like what the hell am i doing i don't yeah. know what the hell's going on sweating while you're kind of it's like nice to know. You know, figuring out what's going mm. on yeah it's nice to know but you just think it's not even possible because you're just worlds apart from yeah. where 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 you could you could never imagine that being the case with someone like him yeah. but the thing is it's like that it's like that across the board so i mean that's just the story of you always see when somebody's doing really well at something you're only seeing the finished product uh, which is not even finished yet because it's still evolving right but you're just seeing a version of it which is looks amazing oh damn so polished i don't know if i could ever do the same thing and you get overwhelmed and you stop doing the thing that you need to do to get to your totally own version that. of that yeah and it's like no no is is a day-by-day -day process you know it's a day-by-day -day process it's just like yeah just keep going just keep going i really remember Super that from from starting nkt level one i remember going to my first ever study group in london and um was with Simon Jones and everyone around me totally knew what they were doing. And I started studying <laughs> with this guy that was level three. And I was like, are you level one too? He was like, I'm level three. And I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 and then, you know, I had to muscle test with him and I was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, now I'm better, but you know, it is yeah. terrifying <laughs> a little bit, but it is terrifying when you first start. It's just, yeah. And then you, it's a process though. You slowly know a little bit more and then people start to look at you. Oh, you're mm. level three. Wow. Yeah, you know? mm. exactly. <laughs> and, uh, Amazing, yeah. yeah. I don't know how I got here either, but I am. <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting. <laughs> Jude, yeah. What I want to ask you, right. What was your yeah. early influence toward like fitness because you made that change and you you kind of went back to what you loved you, yeah. you said you'd been at the gym all the way through your music kind of time yeah. why why was that why was that amazing why did i go back to the gym um so when i was in my second year of university i just overdid it um 
socially, let's say. And I <laughs> and I just got home and I again just felt like I'd, I'd overdone everything. And my dad always went to the gym. It was always, always, always in the gym. So I just went along with him at one point and and was like, this is awesome. I, I, I'm into this. You know, I, it was making me feel better. I was staying away from that social life. And, uh, and I got really into it. And I started to eat better. I started to think about my diet I never had before. And everything just started to come together. And I just felt mentally stronger. So that was like the start, pretty much. Or maybe it was, no, it was around about then. Um, and then when I was at ministry and having a really difficult time, it was almost like I'd get into the gym and be like, oh, thank god you know mm. so yeah. it was always for me like a mental well-being thing as well of oh mm. i'm here that's it yeah Could I, so following on from that right yeah we we all know the the implications of health and fitness and going to a gym and the feeling you feel and whatever say if somebody doesn't have that what what do you think from a female perspective would you would you how would you get them to maybe experience that or get I mean? them into like, a gym yeah yeah what, what would kind of a lot i'm not really sure what i'm asking but you know i think you get what i'm asking like how would you get them for me to be to to, to give to be there to experience that as as a personal trainer or just as as someone that has experienced it all of it yeah just um, somebody like say say it was a close family member and you, you was it wasn't some it wasn't like uh you weren't you weren't training this person you were just taking them to experience what you experienced yourself I was actually taking them to gym or trying to get them to go. Mm. I mean, I think I would, I would, I guess one of the things that I think I'm good at is talking to people. So I'd probably get them to open up and be like, what is it that scares you? What is it about going there? What is it about exercising that, what, what is that wall that you're experiencing? Mm. And then I'd get them to talk about it. And then you actually find that it's, it's more to do with like mental states and, and things like that than, anything else that there'll be something in their history or just that they feel i don't know that they 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 feel out of their depth and then it'd be like all right right let's go let's go together let's organize a time and go together and mm. and let me let me hold your hand and do this with you because it's fine i've been through it everyone's been through it and you'll feel you'll know that it's not that bad like when you mm -hmm. actually step into it mean, it's overwhelming isn't it you step into a gym it's massively intimidating you step into any gym as a woman and it's even more intimidating at times mm. because you have that that weights area with all the big guys and I, and that's what it is as well loads of women have said to me i don't want to go into those weights bits and like by mm. the time you end up like personal training them they're in there with their you know with their barbells and they mm. don't care but it is that first step in isn't mm. it into that world into that moment and it's like i'm here i'm going to hold your hands don't worry and we're going to walk through this and you won't notice these people after a while so mm. it's and i think mm. it's it's like that with with the pilates i teach as well like people come to me and they're like i'm not sure about this i don't know why i'm here and you're like it's okay mm. let, let me talk this through with you and let me tell you about my experience and i i always talk about my experience as well and then like okay all right and and then i explain it all and i'm very clear in how what we're going to do and why and i think it's just about reassuring people isn't it that actually it's not mm. that bad and you yeah. can do it 
Mm-hmm. And once yeah. you get in, in in amongst it, like when you're looking in out, when you're looking from an outside point of view, it's like, oh, no, I don't know, it's not for me. But actually, when you're in it, it's a completely different experience, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Completely. So you've just got to have someone walk that through with you. Let me hold your hand. Mm-hmm. Let me take you there. And then I'm going to yeah. set you there. And then I'm going to just start stepping away because you're fine. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that, that's, well, yeah. that's great advice. Yeah, big time. Um, just take, taking that first step. Yeah. And, that is, I, and that's what I, I try to do with my clients. It's like, I'm here for you. Like people email me about coming to class and they're like, I'm really nervous. And I'm like, do not worry. I'm going to meet you down at that door and I'm going to take you in and I'm going to take you up. You're not just going to mm. roll up and, you know, I'm there every single step. When you're in that class, I'll be there on you. And yeah. I think it's just that because I am a bit silly, I am a bit playful, everyone goes, oh, actually, it wasn't that bad. You were actually really nice. You know, it's just, mm. I think people have this idea that, you're really, really strict and, and you're going to yeah. die and it's going to be hard. And it's like, no, 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 it doesn't yeah. have to be like that. Let me take mm-hmm. your hand and let me show you. So I think yeah. it's just reassuring people as well, isn't it? For sure. Yeah, for sure. 100%. I think that's the sad part about personal training is like it's for the longest time it's been made in that image of yeah. uh, military drill sergeant. And if you're not doing what they're doing, then you're a failure, whether yeah. it's nutritionally, whether it's exercise wise. And it's like, that's not what it's about at all. That is mm-hmm. just that's yeah. That's not meeting you where you're at and taking you where you're not. That's trying to force you to be something uh, that you're not. And uh, yeah, it's just that's the perfect perfect description of like I'm gonna meet you where you're at. And I'm gonna take you, take you where, where you need not. to go. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're walking into a martial arts gym as a female. Mm. And, you know, I remember walking into wrestling and I think, Rinda, you were quite yeah. worried because, you know, you like, don't know anyone, oh, my God. And you weren't actually training at, on that day. I think you'd hurt your back. And I was like, oh, don't worry, it's fine. But I think it's like, you know, because I, that, this wasn't my first rodeo, I knew this process, I know how it works. Everyone's really nice in martial art. I've rocked up to many a Thai boxing gym in, in Thailand. So because I knew it, it didn't worry me. Whereas mm. someone else who hasn't been in that situation before, they find it massively intimidating. A lot of my friends have been like, this is an intimidating area this is an intimidating place and it's like no it's not you just again have to take that first step and mm-hmm. actually you'll find that everyone's really nice and in fact martial mm-hmm. arts that they're the nicest sort of people for sure yeah so if i could relay a message to anyone is start martial arts just for headspace confidence strength stamina mm-hmm. stability everything it just challenge challenges you but it also it gives you a community as well yeah. right Exactly. It, it just you suddenly feel like you belong somewhere as well and i think that's really mm. important for people that are trying to find something as well Absolutely. one thing that I, I i made the connection to i don't know if this is legit i'm just going to go with it but yeah. when you were just uh, when you were talking about your music guys especially at the ministry um you were talking about how it's quite an aggressive quite a raw kind of yeah um vibe and what i what i see there is like those people the way they're trying to apply themselves there is it's it's like applying yourself in this way but that way is not meant for that setting whereas when you're in a martial arts gym it's like you can be raw here you can be aggressive here but it's meant for this so it's like like you're aligned like where you need to just drive hard cool do it when when like sylvia's on about the the 47th minute of the warm-up it's like you're gonna have to drive hard right and uh um, but but that that's the time and the place that's the time and place to get it all out get all of it out when you go to work it's like hi how are you 
Like, let's exactly, talk like, right. rather than like, I've yeah. got all this pent up rage and you're hearing about it now. Oh, and yeah, I want you this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly it's like, no, right. like this. And what you're feeling there is like, you're, you're literally seeing the physical manifestation of somebody not aligned and trying to find that alignment down the phone to somebody at eight in the morning. It's like, Amazing. this is not right. Like, this, this is, is not, not right. good. Yeah, and that's yeah. what it was, Umar. It's like, I don't want to do this. And I was yeah. training in Taekwondo at the time, you know, so I was getting a bit of martial art in. Um, and it, yeah, it just didn't resonate with me to shout at mm. people down the phone and be like, right, what you need to do is da 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 da. Mm. But then, it, yeah, I, I think in that, name. yeah, but in that company mm. as well, you learn from everyone, don't you? And so yeah. people are like, right, this is how I need to be. Mm. You're right, you so don't. That, it's it's do like, we, 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 don't, we don't get we don't get to be where we are without them doing that wrong first. I think like, like you only see the, the, the stars cause of the darkness. Right. So yeah. it's like you, you, um, it's like the, 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 the connotation of personal training being like raw, 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 and very, yeah. very, uh, this is, this is like, we're in the trenches. I hate, I fucking hate when people say that. Pick up flex magazine. It's like every other, every other, every other <laughs> quote is like squatting in the trenches, lifting what? in the trenches. It's like, no, we're not. We're in an air conditioned gym in Dubai. Like we're not in the trenches. Like shut up. Oh, <laughs> um, that's so it's, good. It's, yeah, it's people like like it's people just trying to trying to make it about about You're something not, that it's not about. Yeah, yeah, it's like no yeah. one's shooting at you. Shut up. Exactly that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but like I think without 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 having that first <laughs> first like groundwork laid on, it takes someone like us to come along and be like, mm, no, I'm not part of that. So yeah. people who people who gravitate towards us will be like, yeah, I'm going to come with you guys. Like, yeah. Let's let's not be here. Yeah, yeah. yeah you definitely get your tribe for sure. You yeah. get your tribe for sure, for sure. Yeah. And it's fun. So mm. that's yeah go on no no no, no. i wasn't i wasn't sure where to go with that i was just kind of uh just bulling over uh, bulling over experiences at up and uh yeah it's very much that and i think i think i think my own experience of that was i don't know if this was the same for you dude or, or g if you can resonate with this as well but i got there and i remember just like the vision the the the, the, the vision i have in my head was just like leaving my bags outside the door and saying okay i'm nothing like teach me everything i want to i want to mm be educated by you in, in this realm and be sure. be one of your be one of your foot soldiers right like you need me to to make that client lose 20 kilos in two weeks it's on let's do it right and and that that's what, <laughs> what the game that's what the game was sometimes that's that's genuinely what the game was and luckily enough i think i think a little part of me was still being who true to who i am now because i'm in contact with i think uh, i would say there's about six seven clients Ooh. There's about six, seven clients who I'm not in contact with at UP, but the majority of the rest of them that I work with, I think I'm in contact with a lot of them. And it was because I think I went there with clients where it was super aggressive and super hard, but then the, the clients that needed the arm around the shoulder, um, I was there for that as well. So, and then that was a total, total duality to the other trainers there. I think, especially some of the trainers that were there when I first started. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's different. It's interesting. Well, What's cool yeah. about that is it's also that you kept the identity that you wanted to keep while being surrounded by a completely different environment. That's that's good, like anchoring. Yeah, and I think I think that was like on the gym floor. It was it was about being on the gym floor. So I brought that intensity and I brought that kind of mm. that rawness, which I think I developed pre going to UP. And I thought that when I got there, they would show me another level. But it was almost like I got there and I felt like I almost brought my own level to it. 
and brought my own nice. kind of level of genuineness to it where where at the end of the session it was like okay let's go in the room let's have a little chat and let's let with the emails or with the aftercare like put my arm around your shoulder and be like yeah i know it was tough but you got through it and, and let's keep moving forward and you almost found that the clients would would be much more willing then to kind of go to that place and not freak out and whatever whereas sometimes in other instances where you'd see a trainer taking somebody else to that place where it's, it's tough and it's, it's grueling but then not have the the understanding of ever been having having ever been there themselves so mm. they don't know how to look after the client afterwards it's, it's like you you got to have that bedside manner then you got to have the skills to actually do the surgery right like you got to have both 100 yeah 100 percent yeah, yeah. arguably the bedside manner is more important right that's it yeah yeah, man. yeah. Right, and if I, I can just say something after I don't know if it's kind of related but I think also when you have your own experience as well like obviously I do a lot of back pain I have a back condition as well and that helps because you can give your experience within that it's like I'm here with you I've got back pain too <clears throat> these exercises are going to help I can sit with you and then we'll, we'll you know we're going to give you that co-care and that aftercare as well yeah, um, yeah. They will help. So. Totally agree. I totally agree. I think, I think that that kind of basis in terms of having lost a lot of weight, having gone right. through the 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 wrong side of weight training, only to find yourself okay now I'm on the right track. I'm, I'm yeah. now I'm on the right tracks. And then same thing with diet, like being super militant on yourself with diet, and then being and then, then realizing like I can actually eat like what we talked about last week. We can actually eat anything you want, yeah. um, and not have not demonize foods um yeah it just it's like you have to get it wrong to eventually get it right exactly that yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Exactly that. yeah it does make yeah. you yeah it makes you a better coach for it as well yeah you, you yeah, learn from your like, mistakes you learn through failure don't yeah. you you learn from everything so you've got to get it wrong mm -hmm. to get it right mm -hmm. yeah i, I yeah, saw this yeah. thing once which was um oh eckhart tolle right eckhart tolle is eckhart tolle or eckhart tolle yeah. i don't even know eckhart yeah. tolle, i think tolle? Eckhart i like how he says it in his book where he's like um the goal is to to die as quickly as possible I realize there is no death and mm. in, in doing that you're just like i can there, there's there's nothing that i can't not uh do so it's like i i just got to go there and fail and then then just rebirth after the fail and then be like, oh, okay, I've, I've failed again. You can call it death. You can call it whatever, but there, there is no death. There is just kind of re constant rebirth. Yeah. yeah. That's really nice. Man. I really yeah, like that. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's good, it's, yeah. It's a good way of looking at it. I think we touched on that last time as well, where you were talking about how uh, when you learn something, and it's like it's just yeah. like it just changed your reality to the point where just part of you just died, or like you just died, and then mm. that new information has brought a new a new you out. And it's, yeah, I mean, like we could on a philosophical level is like that's happening every moment of your life as well. It's just like this conversation, Absolutely. when this, especially when this is over, is like I've learned some new shit. I'm going to be a different person for it, you know, on yeah, that, yeah, that, that this level. And uh, it's just changed. It's like, you know, the energy that I'm feeling from the conversation, all these different things that are going on is like, yeah, that's 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 feeding, feeding the wolf, right? It's feeding that particular wolf, which is getting stronger. Yeah. And the other one is just like, you know, just getting a little bit weaker. It's just like uh, that part of that part of me is just going to die a little bit of a death. But that's cool, is, uh, which is great. It's, you know, it's part of, part of evolution, man. It's why these uh, conversations are important. It's why I mm. think they're essential to life, really. Yeah. If you're not having these conversations, yeah. you're missing a trick. 
I think you're missing out on life. Well, you're missing out because, on life, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, we, the only way we can really understand what we're going through is by either writing it down or articulating it in conversation. Mm. And uh, so if we bad. can, if we can, yeah, if we can have these conversations about all these different kinds of topics about what it is to be a human being, and then we're we're better human beings as a result of that. Even if we don't even come up with an answer at the end of it, because we've thought about it, there's something that it does to our soul, which makes us feel like there's 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 more behind what we're doing. There's there's a, there's there's more of a why behind what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I do it's think. Go on, go. I was going to say though, but if you looked at that from a neuroscience point of view. You know, sometimes mm. where you you find something difficult or you have a conversation and you go away and you're like, there were no answers. But actually, over the next couple of weeks, mm. it's something to do with neuroplasticity, where actually you stop building those connections and actually you just start to understand things a little bit more and you come up yeah. with your own answers, don't you? So mm-hmm. whether it's trying to do an exercise that you couldn't do or figure out a conversation that you were having or figure out a problem that you were having, <coughs> give, it a, give it a couple of weeks and that neuroplasticity, those, connect, those connections start to come because we've had this conversation, because we're mm-hmm. thinking about things. We're all going to go away with maybe slightly different takes on it, but then we're going to mm-hmm. come out with other stuff because our neurons, connections, whatever, are going to think about things in a slightly different way and make stronger yeah. connections within our brain. Exactly. And that's why I like, you know, that super simple bit of advice of just sleep on it. Is, yeah. uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot behind it. Because, um, yeah, because we're doing this activity where we're building those new pathways, but the way they get solidified is in our sleep. So yeah. if we've just done something where we're learning something new, this conversation, we've learned something new, where our we, you know we're formulating new ideas they're not quite formed and then we go to bed and then we wake up the next day and then all of a sudden we have a bit more of an epiphany about Can't it or we, we, we just have a better understanding of what we just talked about because that's where our consolidation is done on a physical level um in in the brain so yeah. um yeah that's why it's just uh it takes it takes a little time exactly and that's why it's important to have good sleep as well mm. yeah. yeah really exactly. important and have good yeah. sleep Good sleep hygiene. I don't know if I like that that term. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Sleep hygiene. Yeah, it's a weird one. Sleep right? hygiene. Yeah, I've got good sleep hygiene. Have you? Yeah. Have yeah. you? Okay. You, you stink. You stink. <laughs> you, you smell. Um, but yeah. that good that good sleep program to get you to sleep. That that's important, yes. isn't it? Mm. It kind of makes you think yeah. like all, all the all the things that we've talked about, right from this conversation we encapsulated it in terms of how it's super necessary and yeah. so we dropped mm. that in um and how, and how you guys have got something about super necessary haven't you <laughs> keep coming back every week every week without fail and it's not even it's not even like we're trying it just yeah. happens my, my client mario my client mario has like uh buzzwords that we that we say every week every week whether we align a lot dudes drop the alignment every like every 10 minutes this this, this oh. podcast like that big props <laughs> yeah. to dude there and um like super necessary and all these other buzzwords but yeah, man. <laughs> the, the point the point was that was like you can almost add it up and almost subtract it out into, into making it into a sum right so like if you don't go back and look at yourself you don't have those hard conversations if you don't have these conversations at all if you don't like have have the good sleep if you don't sleep on it from time to time these um they'll all kind of it just adds up or, or it or it, it makes a certain product at the end of the day you know what i mean it literally makes it makes your life um yeah, yeah I've, I've not articulated that the way i wanted to but i mean like you know in terms of just it, it 
it all coming together to form a thing this th those are the component parts you need you know what i mean if you're if you're lacking any of those component parts um yeah chances are you're not really going to have the full picture Certainly yeah. mm -hmm. i think actually i want to go back to to uh to juju's life we, um so when you start when you decided to retrain that mm -hmm. was a function of you having always kind of relied on health and wellness mm -hmm. as a way of um as as a way of life and then yeah. when you start hitting anxiety it, it was it, am i understanding it correctly that the health and wellness was helping you through that period yeah. and then same sort of thing where you decided actually because this has helped me so much i think i can yeah uh, i can i can do this for a living it was that but it was also I was really fascinated by how muscles worked and how mm. the body worked and how movement fitted with all of that. So yeah, there was that mental health aspect where it, it felt good to be doing that, but also just this fascination with how everything fitted together. And I'm, mm. as you probably heard from everything that I've described, it's like, if something's like interesting me, I'm like, well, how does it work? Tell me, how do I put it all together? I want to know how I do this. And and I like learning new things, and that's where it came from as well. And, and right. but yeah, that was it. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? I know what you're saying. I know what no. you're thinking in your head. Say it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you started cracking up, crack me up as well. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking, she's about the process, man. She's about the process. <laughs> I am about the process. Yeah, she's just massive. Day one about the process, right? Like you have to just live it. That's that's brilliant. Exactly that's brilliant. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 what you were saying earlier about about the the way it changed for you, the the kind of aggressive shouting down the phone. Yeah. It it, it wasn't about the right process for you. Like yeah. the process no. for you was like self self discovery and kind of learning about yourself and learning about um, the nuances that go into making that up. But then when it so turned yeah. into like like let me let me market this band who are dysfunctional and that doesn't really give me anything apart from anxiety. It's like, I don't want this process. You know, I, mean, no, I don't exactly. want this. Like, oh, yeah. yeah it just really didn't feel right. It just, it, none of it sat well with me. Uh, there was just too much. You know, that, that whole kind of idea of like resistance, you know, do you ever feel that where you're trying to make a decision or you're trying to do something? It's very much like what I had when I was in the tsunami. I was, there was like loads of resistance around trying to get into this island. It was just, I could just feel the universe pushing. And I had the same feeling when I was in ministry. It was just like, there was just so much resistance around everything that I was doing. And I just feel this push, like, this is not your door. You need to go and find another door. You need to go and do something else because this is just too, you know, just something is just too hard. And I don't mean from like that struggle and strain that we have to go through to achieve our best life, but it just feels like someone's just pushing and going no this is this is not for you that's what it felt like to me mm. and when I got into the fitness industry it just flowed so that from resistance you get flow and it just felt like everything kind of flowed I did one thing after the other and oh I want to go here and everything and it just sort of lit up my brain as well and and before mm. I knew it I was somewhere else and yeah and that felt right that <clears throat> flow that you get when you know you're on the right path as well I think mm. was really important to me so I use that a lot in my life now it's like, can I feel the resistance? Is there a push? Is there something kind of stopping me? Is this flowing? And again, I just I don't mean like that you're not working hard or you're not you're not going through difficulty. It's just like, is this path flowing for me? And I, I use that quite a lot to decide. It's like an intuition to decide whether I think something's worth pursuing.
Yeah, fully. That's legit. That's fire. Totally. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Resistance um, and flow. Resistance mm. and flow. I'm going to take that away from this for sure. For sure. Resistance yeah, and flow. Yeah. But do you have that though, where you just feel that push from sure. the universe and mm. it's like, I can't get around this. I cannot. Mm. And that's very much what we had around the tsunami. It's like, nah, you're not going to go to this island because that you'll die. So go somewhere else. So mm. it was massive. And it's that intuition. And you just got to start tapping into that intuition, I think, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Big time. Listen to what, it. Do you, what do you reckon is um, key to being able to tap into intuition? Again, it's asking those big questions. It's sitting with it. It's almost like you've mm. got to go into no sensory, haven't you? Like just no, not no, but you know, you just block out sound, you block out and you just kind of sit with yourself and you mm. listen to your intuition and not your fear because you'll have like little ego fear stuff coming in as well. But yeah. if you actually sit and listen for long enough, it'll be like, what should I do? How should I do this? Do you know what I mean? And, and you'll get those answers. Does that sound mm. a bit woo-woo or is that no. a bit? No, no, I'm, no, I'm no. laughing because you're literally describing one million percent of how i feel when i when 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 i've had to go through that yeah it's exactly like that it's yeah, exactly yeah. like there's like a the world just stops spinning for a second and you're just exactly like, that you know, yeah now just until got, like, i until i figure it out yeah yeah we ain't we ain't gonna this is not gonna start spiraling up again and i, I think this this ties in a little bit to me and jeeve talked about this in the past like um thinking that you're important important in the world versus thinking that you're just a tiny speck of dust and how you mean nothing yeah. um yeah i've never subscribed to that and i think this what you're talking about there and it, what it sounds like to me um and what what my experience relates it to mean in some ways is that there is some kind of like fatalistic way to all of this like things are supposed to i'm supposed to be here listening to this like i yeah. need this yes. on some level i need i need to hear you speak today exactly i need that. to see g's yeah. face today and we need to just like melt <laughs> we, we need to we need to melt on this level right and um yeah and I, th I, th I think on the back of me listening to this if i then go away and i misalign six ways from this sunday right like it's, it's just it's just not me living in accordance with with what i know resonates so hard and, and mm. i think that's that's that I mean, for me it's it's like now we know better so we have to do better and that, that that's like kind of one of the questions I wanted to get into. Um, I don't know, do you, do you ready for you ready for questions, or did you want to go into into further stuff? No, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. yeah. Not, not did this not like viewers listeners questions. I just want to go in with like an offshoot yeah, sure. question. Um, what I, might, was, yeah, yeah. Sorry, what I might need yeah. to do is just go and send a text because someone keeps calling me, and I'm worried that they're just going to keep calling me. So is it all go right on. if yeah, I yeah. just go and send a text and you guys talk amongst yourself? So sorry. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, good. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man no that's legit, yeah, man. That's yeah. legit. the question i was going to ask was mm. like what's next so like gee you've got you've got this platform that you're building on now you've got this portal mm. that you're building on now um yeah. you've got you've got your uh jujitsu whatever the uh, level it's at right now wrestling whatever level it's at right now what is that was that it that was it that was Done. the fastest anyway one. Yeah. <laughs> that was really good. Like, it's those fingers yeah, isn't it there uh, you go <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you like question. a clarinet yeah. that's, it. that's it <laughs> the question was like now that you know now that we're kind of you're at this new level right where it's like i know where i align i know where where 
my awareness has brought me to this point. What's the next stage of action for you? Like, what, what's the next stage of actualization? What's Jude like 3.0? What does that look like? Yeah. Am I answering first? Is Grinda answering first? No, it's you. Go get it's it. about, about you. It's all about that me. That way. That way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. that way. <laughs> so backwards. Jude <laughs> uh, 3.0. Yeah. I love it. Mm. as in what, what what am i thinking about the future that kind of thing yeah yeah i mean like just live a little live a little bit and be like okay this is what my, i want to put my energy into yeah so i'll be honest Uma, i haven't thought about the future future recently just because i've been trying to deal with my present and uh, it's, it's it's taken a very long road to get to my present right now like mm. i've i've done mm. a lot of work there's been a lot of a lot of difficulty um and I was thinking about this earlier, not because I was coming on the podcast, but it was like, where now? And, and I'm, I'm actually like, I don't know right now because actually I need to give myself a moment and, and appreciate everything that I've achieved in the last year, everything that I've been through to get to this moment. And do you know what? I'm just going to take a step back and, and just sit and, and, and pro process this, <coughs> this, this moment. And then, and then, and, and, and I've been panicking about what next, what next, what now, what now, what am I going to do with my career? What am I going to do? How am I going to finish lockdown? What, what am I going to do? And it's like, stop. You've mm. just done something really, really hard in my life, which maybe we'll talk about. And right now you just need to self care. You need to just, you know, teach as you are, let everything kind of settle, get into this new world, and then things will start to be figured out from there. I have an idea. It's very much to do with neuroscience about where I want to take my career. But right now, I just need to sit and take stock because it has been that big a year. So mm. that's where I'm Love at it. right now. Love it. Love it. And I think that's really important because I'm very much that kind of messed up doping where I'm right where I'm like now what now what now what right I've done that done that I've done that and it's like no 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 just stop for a second mm. and appreciate everything that you've done everything that you've managed to do that you didn't think you were going to do and just just take a moment because you need a moment so that's where I'm at right now gratitude is the attitude for sure <laughs> yeah mm. that's beautiful that's some powerful stuff yeah yeah. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I think that's that's part of the process, right? Part of the process right. to stop and just take take stock exactly. um, yeah. before before you move forward. I remember, remember like that uh, weightlifting instructor who was actually at Bethnal Green, where where um, Grace Grace used to train, um, yeah. and yeah, he he would say like, now you've built a plateau, like what be here for a bit, and then you build upon this new level. And I think that's it's where you're at, like now, like you've moved yeah. through your life in, in this sense. And you, you've got to this stage and now it's like it's about just kind of establishing this baseline like yeah. you always talk about increasing the level of the baseline and then mm -hmm. going from there right yeah yeah exactly that and i think you know it, it, if you don't do that and you just blindly keep carrying on mm. that's when mistakes can be made or that's when you're not really listening that kind of thing so yeah mm. i think it's important to take stock at times as well mm. Mm. yeah 100 yeah you got to otherwise you don't know where you're going right it just, yeah, just means exactly. you haven't appreciated where you come from, which means you don't know where you're going to go forward and what's the best step forward. Even if you don't know what that, where it is, you just know what the immediate step in front of you is. Mm. Yeah. So it's yeah. like a, who, 
who wants to be a millionaire? You know, who wants to be a millionaire? Well, show yeah, it's like, yeah. Where it's like, you get to like 32,000. It's like, okay, I can stay here oh, now. This is, this yeah, is my yeah. baseline. Yeah, but I can push yeah. on, I can risk it for a biscuit, <laughs> but I, but I, but yeah, I know yeah. that this is like, yeah. I'm not going to get any lower than this. Like, this is yeah. cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's kind of hard to see it. What would you do though? Would you push on or would you take the 32 Always, grams? every day. I'm pushing Which on. one? Push on. <laughs> push on. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get in this show one time. Like, I want to yeah. go all the way. Until, until I don't know it. I'll be get like, that million. I'm running with the money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> running with that money. <laughs> I'm going uh, to repeat back something that Jude said to me once, which was like, once in a while, I'm going to need this reminder. <laughs> And it was like, uh, sometimes I feel sad and overwhelmed about the future and sometimes I feel excited. What I do know is that in my little world, I made what I thought was impossible possible and it was a freaking miracle. So if I can do that, anything is possible. Yeah. Powerful. Do you want me to elaborate or just pow? <laughs> just pow. That was it. I think that's so that's so big because you said to me, as I once in a while, I'm going to need that reminder. And I wrote yeah. it down. I've got it. And I was like, if you ever if you ever feel yeah this I, I just said it verbatim that's not me being my like aspie self and like it's in my head there <laughs> that was i had to I had to get that down because you said like once <laughs> i'm gonna need that reminder so i said all right yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure that, that uh, i'm gonna write that it's down true, remind you once in a while. yeah it's because true. um i think that's just like even if nobody knows the context of that that's just it's so powerful because it's like you just take it you just know that you did something and it yeah. changed and it's a freaking miracle the way you describe it yeah. and so anything is possible as a result of that and yeah. because you know that you've done that that one time yeah. it just means that you have possibilities in front of you and you don't ever have exactly to that. doubt the yeah. you don't have to ever doubt taking taking them anything is possible and i think yeah. if you if you put yourself in the process that we go again but if you want mm. something enough if you if you want to create something better for yourself then you have to um, unwrite the written and you have to create what you thought was impossible possible. And you have to mm -hmm. just, you know, head first, both feet, eyes wide open and go. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. It's like anything is possible. Yeah. But you've got to, you've got to put yourself in it. You've got to just yeah. go. Yeah. That's and it. that could be anything. Like we could be talking about anything. We all, we all know what I'm talking about, but you could be talking about anything with that. Mm -hmm. You could relate that to your life in any way, I think. Uh, yeah. So yeah, completely. It's important. Yeah. I love that. That's like, it reminds yeah. me of like, uh, Jude, uh, I don't know, Jude, I don't know if you'll know, but I'm, 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 I'm judging there. Jude, you know who Kai Green is? Yeah, yeah. Kai Green. Jude, you heard of Kai Green? Body, bodybuilder? No. Um, no. He's got some, he's, maybe, he's really, he's really, maybe. really kind of deep. He has like a long dreadlock braid kind of thing. Okay. Like um he has he has this this uh video once where he's talking about how he's been in, in and out of foster care and um he's like bodybuilding kind of like changed him like helped him uh the way he puts it is like you have to literally save your own life yeah and like Amazing. you say that and you're like yeah that's exactly it that's exactly it's exactly it. you to, you're the only kind of... one can save your own life yeah man. exactly that no one can do it for you <sighs> no one that's another power moment right there mm. You have to self-validate yourself. You can't get that validation from anywhere else. You have to do the work. Only you. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Love it. Yep, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's like anytime it's external, that means you're just building on shaky foundations, right? Yeah, that like external validation is never going to work, is it? Sorry, go on. Yeah. 
No, that was it. I think um, you you had some interesting things to say and like some conversations we had about you receiving advice. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting to delve into because okay. um, the idea of um, and like you know you can divulge as much or as little as you want about what yeah, it's sure. about, but okay. because because you've been taking or rather you've been receiving advice and then uh, uh, based on the situation, it's like you know what does it mean? Is it useful? Is it actually making me feel worse, inadequate, insecure? Um, and what's, you know, what's, what, then that, then that basically begs the question, what construes good advice? Mm. So the thing with advice that this is, this is where it came from is that when someone's giving you advice about a situation that you're in, that they've never been in before, mm. they're coming at it from their backgrounds, their beliefs, their morals, how they were brought up, what they think, what they've read, what they've learned, how they've learned, how they, whatever it is. They're coming at you with that advice from their point of view. And although that advice might be from a place of love, care, it might not, it might be from a place of control, we, we don't know, or fear. That advice is often out of love and care and concern. Sometimes because they haven't been in your situation or they're not in your life, they don't know what you're capable of or how to deal with that situation. Sometimes that advice it, it doesn't always help. It doesn't always work. You, you know, you get a lot of, I wouldn't do it that way. I'd do it this way. What you need to do is this, 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 and this. And that advice can be stressful. I think sometimes the advice can be more stressful than the situation that you're in. Hmm. And I took all the advice with the situation that I was going through. And I was like, okay, that's, that's all good advice. But I know that that advice isn't going to work. I, I know myself. I know the situation. But also what's empowering is when you intuitively start to tap in and tune into what you think is best, you own your own advice, right? Mm. So you, you empower yourself. If you're taking someone else's advice on a situation that's particularly difficult and that advice doesn't work, then you're like, oh, your advice didn't work. What am I going to do now? You've lost, mm. you've lost your, the your uh, the power. Thank mm. you. Um, so owning your decisions... Mm whether they're right or wrong they're your decisions and that that helps you to move forward and actually most of the time the decisions that you make in the situation that you know best are often the right thing to do and and i took my own advice within this situation and it it was absolutely the right thing to do yeah it took a little bit longer but mm. it, it 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 was best for everyone all around and i'm really glad that yeah. i i didn't take advice or I didn't do the advice as, as everyone said. So that's just something I found really interesting that, you know, people come at it from different points and they try and push that onto you. Mm. And uh, I don't think it always works. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so legit. So, so legit. I can, I can, I can really resonate with that hard. Right. Um, right now in a weird way, in a weird way. Cause I, cause I know that, it's coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of yes. I genuinely care about you. Yeah. However, mm. you can almost see this, and this is you have to kind of say it respectfully. You have to say that where you've been in your life leads you to look at my position from a place of lack or from a place of like I yes. don't have the power, or I have to, I have yeah. to seem slightly insecure in this position where it's like I don't feel insecure. I don't feel uh, lacking. And I want to make the, the strong, the bold decision. 
um yeah. whereas people will want you to kind of be safe with that decision kind of like look after yourself and then you know you know it's from a place of genuine care because they're yeah. they're only after your best interest but then you almost have to think like this is this is like my decision in terms of my life so i can listen to your advice and sometimes you have to take that advice but in this and in those instances where you just know where you just know that it's like I need to trust my gut here because it's, it's a lesson. Either either I need to fall flat on my face or I need to yeah. be bolstered by the fact that I listened to myself and it went it went the way I thought it was going to go. It's, it's, exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. And that, that was the situation that I had as well. So, yeah. And I, I, I just think it is empowering to listen to your own advice. Otherwise, it's almost like you take that power and you give it to someone else. What should I do? How should I do it? Oh, well, you need to do this. And, well, that didn't work. And, and, and then you've lost that, haven't you? Yeah. Completely. Sure, you got and to live like, and die by your own sword, right? Yeah. And then, that. yeah, because then we ended up talking about it is like there's you, advice isn't helpful. A lot of advice isn't helpful no. because, or it's just what you said, it's either telling you what they think you should be doing in your situation, which in a lot of cases, that person has no idea or anything about because you're never going to know the ins and outs of it, right? No. But what you but what you can come up with instead is is the stuff that we talk about all the time is like how do you develop a framework for helping somebody who's in a shit place or in a certain situation make a better decision? So it's not like, oh, maybe you should try this or maybe you should do that. It's like asking you the question of yes. what do you think you can do? Where do you see yourself uh, uh making making a decision which is the best best move for yourself so let's explore the options exactly and that. then you can decide what you want to do yeah. and it help it happens happens in our industry as well so again like you know going back to the idea of uh, personal trainers have been like my way or the highway that's how people look at them you know mm. you just think it's like a drill sergeant is somebody who's supposed to tell me what to do and if i don't do it then i've failed is like well that's just basically another form of a really terrible bad advice Whereas yeah. what you're really doing is what you said, which is I'm going to meet you where you're at. I'm going to hold your hand through the process and take you where you're not. Yeah. And uh, you've done that within the framework of what constitutes good, healthy living that is going to help you fulfill your potential. And you're going to have that skill for the rest of your life rather than it being one specific thing which you've been told to do, which you don't understand why you've got to do it or how you've got to do it on a, on a deeper level, right? Yeah, and. And and that's um, yeah, and the same thing is uh, is what's going on in a life situation as well. So it's always been like, okay, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to suggest to you a few different ways of looking at it, and and that's um, and that's a hell of a lot more important. And then you realize like, it's it's going through that thing of like being wrong many times to figure out what's right. You know, you've elim- it's like that elimination process. <clears throat> you you've gone through that. that. None of that stuff was like resonated with you. It's like, huh, it's all well intentioned but none of it is making any sense for my situation. And then you realize actually good advice is really fucking hard to come by because is good advice is not actually advice. It's yeah. helping you figure out your situation. And if I can just interject, like when, when just on that, just trying to collate my thoughts. So sometimes mm. when you're talking to someone about something difficult, sometimes you just want to be heard. You yes. just, you, you just want, someone to understand your situation so something that i've started to do that's quite important is is it's a bit like talking to a child it's like people talk to you and they're they're having a hard time it's like that must be really really hard tell Mm. me about that 
how do you feel? So it is, it's that extracting those questions so that they can maybe figure it out on their own. And I do that with myself. It's like talking to a child. It's like, what do you need? How, how can I help you? What, what can I give you so that you can figure this out yourself? That must be really hard. Tell me about it. Mm. So you talk to yourself, you talk to other people, a bit like you're trying to nurture a child. And it does really help. Rather than what you need to do. People don't want to hear that. What you need to do is this, 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 and this. They just want to be heard. They just want to be validated sometimes. That must have been awful. I'm so sorry that you went through that how can i help mm. you what do you need tell me yeah and that i think we can take that into our industry as well not what you need mm -hmm. to do da, 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 yeah. how can i help you yeah exactly and it's like and it's also like drawing that line between like being overly sympathetic where you're enabling that kind of behavior to continue yes. and yeah. actually just recognizing it appreciating it is like okay now what what's like action we're into thinking right is okay well what's the action that we can take which is going to help you be in a better place yeah and they often figure it out on their own it's a bit like therapy isn't it they often yeah. just start to sort of figure it all out on their own and then they're actually oh great i feel much better now and mm. and that's what i needed rather than you need to do this and this and this it's like i'm here for you tell me about it but i don't need the advice i just need to talk it through so i can find a resolution I think that's mm. really important. Yeah, big time. And then like, Umar, what are you thinking? Mm. No, I'm just going deep. I'm going deep with it, man. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's in, I can, uh, I can talk about this. Like I, I've got, I'm, I'm not in a, any kind of dilemma right now, but I'm in a, in a place where it's, it's my intuition versus what history has told me about, the men in my family, you know, in a strange mm. way. And okay. I, I definitely see myself as separate in some ways. And I definitely see myself as very similar in some ways. And where mm. I've seen in some ways the, my predecessors fall down um, is some ways the mistakes that I make and some ways that the, the, the dilemma that faces me right now. But I, I have confidence in myself. I have confidence that I don't think I will go down in the same ways that they kind of went down. So it's okay. it's interesting. It's really interesting what you're talking about right now. I can see um, where it fits into my reality right now, and without kind of going into it too deeply, yeah, it, it's, it's it's really interesting. And I, I don't really know which way to go with it, but I'm it's okay. that tug of war where because I'll be to, I'll be talked to by people who I respect and by people whose opinion I definitely value, um, and then. I'll always return back to this. I'll always return back to that point where I think, but I think I should do it like this. And I don't know whether that's the same place that my dad, for instance, was in, and he chose the same thing that I'm being told not to choose right now, if that makes sense, or if that's yeah. just my way, if I need to be powerful and be like, no, I'm going to do it like this because I, I trust and I'm secure in my decision. And I know that it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Like, I can... No. I can uh, make what people are saying is the wrong decision, but I'll turn it around to be right. And I'm not doing it with any kind of bad intention. I'm not doing it to put my back up against the wall. No. I'm doing it because I, I want to be open-handed and I want to just give. And I know that if I give, things will come back. And that's that's the mm. lesson that I've kind of learned from my life is like, I shouldn't feel any kind of insecurity with things. I don't want to feel any kind of insecurity. I don't want to feel any kind of uh, lack with things. I, want to, I always want to just be like, open with information open with with uh with everyone 
right? And when I'm sometimes told to keep it closed and keep it keep keep look after my best interests, I don't know why, but I see that sometimes as like um like I'm looking out for myself, over looking out for ourselves. You know what I mean? Like kind of mm. I'll I'll be fine regardless. I know that because I'll make it mm-hmm. that way. Yep. And I don't yep. need to. I don't need to take from you to give to myself. I need to just show you that we can all be like this, rather than show yep. you that I can also be like this. So I don't want to be mm. like this. I don't, I don't identify with this. Like it, it's for a time and a place. But I think right now, this is the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and, you know that that's that's just that's that's what you're what you're saying. That's how I'm receiving it. It's really right. powerful. It's really cool. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. cool. It'd be, it'd be cool. Cool to chat about this. Kind of we've talked it through. Detail. I love this. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You talked through an issue <laughs> and you're kind of coming to a resolution and we've just let yeah. you talk and that's so awesome. I really like it. No, I appreciate it, guys. That's cool. That's that's very cool. And that, that that's yeah. again testament to these kind of conversations because yeah. mm-hmm. you will only be able to resonate on this point, on these on these points, having had similar experiences. And I think that's what, exactly you're, what you're talking about right now. It's exactly what I'm feeling that. right now. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. And, like, and I wanted to ask you as well, Jude, where does uh, giving up alcohol fit into your whole journey as well? Wow. So I gave up alcohol a year and where are we? June, two months ago. Yeah, April, mm. June. Yeah, a year and two months ago. And it wasn't that I was uh, an alcoholic by any stretch or a massive, massive drinker. I would drink once a week, but I would binge drink. And it was almost like my whole week was geared around getting to that moment. And mm. so you got to that moment, you'd have a drink, and I would. And then the next day, you would feel awful. So that, that you would literally try and fast forward that day. You know, you, you're eating crap, you're not being present, and I just want to go to bed. And then you'd feel ropey Monday, you'd feel, you'd feel groggy Monday, you'd feel groggy Tuesday, you'd feel all right Wednesday, but then you'd start to get this inner voice saying, all right, are you going to have a drink? Are you going to have a drink? Are you going to have a drink? You'd start having this like fight with yourself. And that takes up an awful lot of energy to do that. It's like, no, I don't want to drink this weekend. And you don't. I'd literally be having these conversations the whole time in the background while I'm trying to work, while I'm trying to do everything. And that would be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then I'd just succumb to it on Saturday. And it was like, and this happened for, for, for a really, really long time. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore, but I didn't know how to get out of it. And my friends one day just announced that she'd stopped drinking and hadn't had a drink for six weeks. And I was like, what? How? How? And you know, like you have kind of people that benchmark and you're like, all right, if everyone else is doing it, it's okay. But when she gave up, I was like, oh shit, how did you do that? And she was like, I read a book. And I was like, you read a book. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Um, so anyway, I was like, all right, I'll read the book. We'll see. And um, expecting very, very little, I read the book. And it was, and this is where my passion for neuroscience comes. It was full of neuroscience, full of like brain facts and physical facts and everything. And it just lit me up. And, Which book was it? Uh, uh, this Naked Mind by Annie Grace. Mm. And it's phenomenal. Like the fact, I'm not going to tell, tell them facts because... The facts are scary and it's not my place to talk about that. But if you want to read the book, if you're thinking about a change, it's a really good book to read. And after I read that book, I stopped. And I actually started to read other books about giving up alcohol, but actually more books about the brain and about neuroscience and neuroscience in relation to addiction, but then just neuroscience and 
lots of different books and that really helped and I, I did I stopped drinking and yeah it was hard and I still had that little voice going come on come on come on come on you can have a drink but I was like no no and and it slowly that voice went away and again it was another moment where I started to align and things started to come to the surface I started to realize that maybe things aren't quite right in my life and I sat with the questions again and I needed I felt like I needed to do something about everything like I I had I'd, I'd literally done that thing of la 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 again in my life mm. where I hadn't had those conversations I hadn't been truthful with myself and I've been using alcohol as a bit of a way to numb my feelings mm. and so when I did take that away everything became kind of HD, Technicolor, raw. And I was like, okay, I need to address this. Mm. And so it, it was eye-opening that it kind of brought thoughts and feelings and lots of stuff to the surface that I had to address. So that, so that was a year ago and it's, it's been a, a process to get to here, but it's been amazing at the same time. And mm. now I, I don't think I'd ever go back. I don't think I'd... Mm ever i mean i might but the thought of having a drink it's like even during lockdown even with everything that's been going on um no i i feel like mm. it's just for me a way to just numb reality and i don't want to do that i want to feel everything in my life i want it to be hard and raw but also beautiful and technicolored and and you know you just feel everything and and it, it kind of just it makes you think more as well. I just feel like I feel my feelings more, they're more real. I, everything that I am going through right now, it's not masked by alcohol or a hangover. It's, it's, I'm just more in it. And so that was really mm. important to me. And it's, and it's been a lot, big life change. Um, yeah, it, it, it's propelled me to, to other avenues again and I love that. So. Yeah, it's 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 been a it's been an eye opening experience to do that, and I'm grateful for it. So amazing, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I'll tell you what, health wise, <laughs> you just feel so much better. Like your sleep is more consistent. Mm. Your my my endurance in terms of my fitness has just gone mm. through the roof. Like my ability to to train is unreal, and mm. that for me is like the holy grail you know it's it's like i probably wouldn't have been able to do wrestling i probably wouldn't have been able to do thai boxing that well i certainly wouldn't have been able to run a half marathon with my mate a couple of weeks ago just because we felt like it you know so <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 just, should we do it yeah let's do it we're gonna run it was that was it and it, i couldn't have done all those things had i been drinking so so, this, I'm, so I'm, we've got you giving up alcohol to blame for keep asking Sylvia to do more, do more training. Oh, I'm not pregnant. Like, it's like, yeah. circuits! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. It's Ju -ju -ju. my fault. It's my fault. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Sorry about Love that. It. Sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making you all better people. All better yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Feel this. Feel that. Yeah. <laughs> Feel the wrath. Peace. Come on, yeah. people. Everyone's like that. Exactly. Uh, we bought her. We just, Fucking who bought just, her? Yeah, no, I, 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 I try and 
I try and bow my head. I'm like, nobody look at me. Nobody look at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't me. I don't know who she is. <laughs> it was like Arinda. Uh, yeah. We gotta talk about this. We gotta talk about yeah. you bring it here. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's a powerful stuff. Like what kind of um like what little things like that come to mind that you can share about uh, the neuroscience of addiction? The neuroscience of addiction. Hmm. Can I think of anything? Because I, I, I read yeah. that book a really long time ago. It's to do with dopamine. Hmm. And the fact that it's that reward system that's kind of gone a little bit all over the show. Hmm. And it's, it's uh, that was it. So, okay, when you, I don't know if you guys drink, but when I pictured drinking, it was almost like that process of buying, buying a bottle of wine or whatever, and, and this is how alcohol companies sell stuff. They, they, they don't sell you the alcohol. Alcohol is fucking lethal. They sell you the vision. That's what they're mm. trying, to, trying to sell. So I would always picture a nice glass of wine outside, in my garden, in a chair. And, you're, and that's a dopamine system that's happening. It's like, I, I, want, I want to get there. I want to get there. I want to get there. And when you get there, you have your first glass of wine. It's awesome. But then you keep drinking. And it goes. You can't quite get that 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 buzz back that you get when you you've got that reward. So you keep mm. drinking, and it it doesn't help at all. So that's kind of the neuroscience of addiction. That's the the, the alcohol kind of overrides the dopamine response, and you just kind of get into this cycle of I want that life. I want to you know picture myself sitting in my garden having a glass of wine, or picture myself on holiday having a glass of wine. The alcohol companies are really clever the way they do it because they're, they're trying to get you to buy into that lifestyle. Um, but actually, when you're in it, you try and, and drugs are the same. You're trying to get that initial high and you're not ever going to get it. <clears throat> so you keep drinking more to try and get it and it doesn't work. That's the neuroscience of it. Hmm. Mm, it's really interesting. That's like... Mm. Uh, I suppose you could put anything in that in that realm. Exactly. In yes. terms of food, in terms yeah. of drugs, uh, exactly that. Wh- wh- anything you want. And Social anything. media. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. All it's, of it. It's like trying to fit like a round a peg in a square hole. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's just trying exactly. to make it fit. It's just it's one, it won't go. And then you you have you've kind of given up your power, like you said earlier. Almost like when you're asking advice, you're asking like you're asking this thing to give you the thing that you want. And it doesn't yeah. give you it. But you haven't got the strength now to look to yourself to be like, oh, mm. I, I, I know what I, I need. Do. I need to just follow my own intuition. And that's what the absence of this thing gives you. It gives you nothing. So it's like, yeah. okay, well, do I want to be nothing? No, I have to build my stuff now. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turning the question on yourself again, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how was how that received, dude? Like kind of people Badly. in your life? Yeah. But, uh, yeah um other people wouldn't talk about it or they were pissed off some were curious off, like there really? were a few people that wow. were yeah yeah i won't go into that but yeah there was definitely like a yeah this is this is not cool yeah mm-hmm. um and some people were interested some people were like tell me more and wanted to share their experience as well so it was a real mixed bag. So it's why I don't really talk about, if people want to talk to me, I talk about my experience, but I don't 
preach about it. I think mm. I said a little bit, which maybe I shouldn't have earlier, but I don't give facts and figures. I don't start preaching about it because I, I, I genuinely don't think people want to hear it. They'll, they'll tell you if they want to hear it, but yeah, it, mm. it, it's interesting. It was a, it was a real eye opener as how it was received. Yeah. Mm. You think about it though, you, if you make a change and it's a big yeah. change, yeah. it's going to ruffle feathers. And it's like anything, you start making changes, people get the fear. And I think it makes them feel uncomfortable because yep. you're changing and evolving. Mm -hmm. And that was a big thing. But it is like anything. It's like, oh, I'm not going to do music anymore. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, people, it, it does, because then they have to kind of turn the focus, the mirror on themselves and look at their life, I think. And it's like, no, no, this is, this is just something that I wanted to do. It's something that, and, and, it's, and it's been something that was important to me and I feel so much better for, but you might not think the same as me. So ask me questions, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. So. Mm. Yeah. So it's a really rounded way of looking at things. I mean, that's quite, mm. it's, that's probably the, the way in which experience and sharing experience should be. Is that like, I have my version of it. Do you want to hear, do you want to hear me talk about my version? Yeah. Or do you want yeah. me to tell you what to do? Cause it's not going to be that way. I can't no, tell you what it's, to do. It's, it's not helpful either. If you're like, again, <laughs> yeah. pointing the finger, blah, 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 you need to do this. It, I just don't think it works. It's like, oh, okay. Whereas if mm. I can tell people about my experience, and I do, I kind <laughs> of do it a little bit. I get a little bit vulnerable on social media and I talk about it a little bit. And that, that's what's always, like people ask questions. Like a lot of people want to know like how and why. And it's like, this is what worked for me. I can't tell you what's going to work for you, but this is what I read. This is how I found it. Give it a whirl. Mm. Exactly. Powerful, powerful Jude. Should... This, is, this, 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 is, <clears throat> yeah. this is the vibe I'm getting right now. Powerful Jude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, powerful. Oh, sure. We got um, we got like a heap of questions coming. Oh, in a million from... questions. <clears throat> I know. I think a lot of them have been covered through the conversation. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to start off with um, yeah. So thank you first of all to people who are tuning in for the yeah, questions that they you. gave. Um, I'll start off with something that we've talked a little bit about in is music. So my bro, Suminda, yeah. shout out to Big Sam, is asking, he's like, um, asked Jude, how has learning music and being balls deep <laughs> in it influenced, <laughs> influenced your skill acquisition in other areas of your life? I love this question. So mm. what I think what maybe you could take away from what I've been talking about is that it's, it, it gave me more discipline for sure. Mm. It gave me that ability to learn and study and focus in. But one thing that I, I did do with my music. So one thing I wouldn't do is I'd never listen to another performer play the piece. I would always try and take my interpretation onto it. I would never ever listen mm. because then you just start to play how they're playing it. So I'd never ever listen. I'd never, I'd never really listen to the accompaniment either. I'd always like look at the music and then I'd try and put it together. So that in itself is a challenge to like look at the music, yeah. the, the piano accompaniment, and then try and just put it alongside. So mm. being able to kind of like split your brain like that and work alongside that what we call covert attention is mm. is kind of quite a is quite a useful thing to be able to do um also just working around a piece as well so if i had to figure out a particularly difficult part i'd go away and i'd play other things to then come back to try and play that but then also within that practice as well again if it was difficult i would 
I wouldn't just play through and play through and play through. I would do things like reverse it and slow it down and play it in a different time signature and transpose it and then like just sweep it around and then cut through and put back. And I think it's that ability to work around something that I've got. It's like with NKT, it's like, all oh, right, it's neuroscience. That's really cool. But I want to know why that happens. When we muscle test, why does that happen? I'm, I wasn't just happy with, oh, yeah, you do that and then that happens. It's like, no, I want to know why. So now I've kind of gone into that rabbit hole of neuroanatomy and that's kind of, I'm starting mm. to understand a little bit more about why we would do that. It, it's still not clear, but it's like, I want to understand around a subject. And I think that's what it's given me. But it's also given me that um, ability to work under pressure. Like to perform, you've got to be able to work under pressure. You've got to Mm. be able to step onto a stage and nothing else matters. So it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You either channel that into what you're doing or you forget it. But what's important now is being present in that moment. And you've got to play to these people and you've got to tell them a story and, and that's it. So it sounds weird, but I use that. It's, it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I've got to teach. And that session is about that person or that class is about these people. And they're here because of me. It doesn't, uh, what, it's irrelevant what's going on in my life. I might be having the worst time ever, but this is a performance. That's kind of how I see it. And they're mm. going to get a good session. Every person's mm. session has to be, you know, top notch. So that's kind of what I get from it as well, that it doesn't matter what's going on. You have to be here and now with whatever you're doing and, and don't be talking about it, whatever, you know, this is theirs. This, and, and it's the same thing to me. Mm. Yeah, Did that answer the question? <laughs> Did that answer yeah. it? I'm not sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. How is it? Yeah. How is it? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it's, it's totally legit. It's totally legit. That was really good, dude. Mm. We got um, it's a question from Bilal, your cousin. Cool. He's um, he's like wants to know. Generally speaking, with movement deficits, what movement deficits have you observed in your particular client population? And then my tag on question to that would be: uh, Where do you tend to begin with those issues that you see? Oh. I could spend the next two hours talking about everything that I love, including the rapper and the fascia. So I'm going to try and shorten it to about two minutes. So episode part to- two with Juju Kabat. Yeah, let's go. What is the rapper and fascia? Can you say it? No. Um, so movement yeah. deficits that I see in my population. So people come to me with back issues, disc herniations, scoliosis, like spinal stenosis, that kind of thing, me, spondylolithesis. And, and what we tend to look at, or what I tend to look at, is how they bend and how they extend. So what it's called is a multi-segmental flexion test, a multi-segmental extension test. And what you'll see a lot of in lower back pain candidates is like this inability to what we call load share. So share the load through the spine. And when you can't do that what you'll see often is like quite a flattened out lumbar spine a big curve in in the thoracic area and then like an overextended neck and what happens when that happens is other things are stepping up where other things are down regulating and I see that an awful lot within my clients that come to me It, it just seems to be the way when someone's got lower back pain it's like that area almost just switches off and just doesn't have the ability to move through movement as well. So other areas step up 
Um, same in extension, you'll get people that could kind of hinge around a point and not much else. And that's kind of typical of that as well. So that's, that's pretty much what I see um, in terms of movement. And then when you say sorry, hinge around a point, you mean yeah. hinge around a specific part of the spine yeah, where it should so be moving. Yeah, what you want to see is like, it's like a nice, even you think about, oh, I, I kind of use the analogy of a skateboard ramp, but if you think about it sort of the other way, you turn it around the other way, it wants to be an even amount of extension the other way. So when you arch back, you want to see that nice curve in reverse. And what you'll see a lot of the time is people hinge around generally where their back pain is and not much else. Hmm. And so, and again, it's pretty common with back injuries, with back conditions, that there will be a point and this is their overuse point and that's why they have a back issue often because they just move around that area and again it's about load share it's about the spine not taking the load correctly and for whatever reason like our jobs our posture our movement patterns whatever it is what we did uh, early on in in our life you know any injuries it, it all kind of throws us into these dysfunctional patterns so what I always start off with, I think this is the second part of the question, is good breathing mechanics. Like it's something that we call intrinsic core, we, diaphragmatic breathing or intra-abdominal pressure breathing. So teaching people to breathe properly and use their diaphragm properly is absolutely key to get them into that correct load share. I hope this isn't getting too technical. Um, and if they've got that ability to build pressure and breathe properly that then creates good spinal stability, but it also helps force transfer into the extremities as well. So they're just using their bodies better and that creates better load share. They're not using one part over the other. So they're the kind of discrepancies that I see a lot and that's how I would start doing it. And just working through all those muscles within that core system to make sure that everything was functioning well. And if we were getting down to the bare bones of it, muscles have to eccentrically load or lengthen to concentrically load, shorten. And if they're not doing that and they're stuck, that's when you get that dysfunctional load share. I hope that makes Boom. sense. Mm, love it. Dropping it. Dropping it to science as yeah. well. That's so cool. There you go. Mm. Cool. I like it. Dropping I like it. Dropping it. Yeah. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> But yeah, yeah no, for sure. I, I see a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. that's a really, yeah. really interesting thought process around it as well. Um, in the sense that what I've recently kind of been been understanding is that like you have the the integers between like say the the lumbar spine, the thoracic spine. Usually, that's kind of that's a that's a, a, a junction where yeah. dysfunction will develop, and then the same thing for the sacrum and yeah. and then the, the lumbar and then whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's. A lot of a lot of people will just go their entire life without ever being aware that how you take a breath is that integral. Like literally, it's it, it's it's madness, isn't it? It's madness. How like mm -hmm. I, I made a I made a post the other day on Instagram, which was um, you everyone's worried about ten thousand steps nowadays, but really it's like you breathe twenty four thousand times a day, twenty thousand times a day on average, right? Between 25. those two, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, it's like. Why, why why are we talking about that like if, if, if you if you don't take if you don't take five steps you'll be you'll be you'll be okay if you don't take five breaths you ain't gonna be around you know what i mean like right. that, that's, that's how yeah. key it is you know what i mean that's um yeah i, th I think it i think it's got to get to a stage where 
it's got to be taught from a from an early early stage oh, and this is like with with covid with kind of coronavirus being a respiratory illness it's no better time no better time than right now like kind of the the that it's kind of the stage is set you know what i mean like for it's come to the forefront and uh, i think you're talking about it bringing awareness to it as well it, it's super necessary Super it is. I think, I, I think we, should probably, we should probably do a segment on it one of these days, man. About like we did a little bit a few, few episodes yeah. ago where we talked about yeah. breathing, but I think it's like, is this stuff that we can even like really hit home about it as well? But we're yeah. always going to bring it up. If I can just add on to it as well, it's like yeah. you see it in children, they, they lose that ability to breathe. And actually, when we're born, the first thing we do, what is the first thing we do for a healthy baby is we, we, we cry. And that is us as an infant learning how to build into abdominal pressure. And that's mm. how we earn our right to move, by building mm. that pressure. This is DNS, isn't it, G? But, and it, it, it helps, like, if we can build that stability, that's how we, as a baby, instinctively know how to roll over, how to start to plank, how to come up into standing. And what saddens me is we lose that as children go into primary school and then beyond. And I think it would be absolutely key to go into primary schools and teach breathing properly. I'm not talking about from a yoga perspective. I'm talking about from a scientific perspective mm, where you actually mm. go in and you go, right, okay, we need to get this area to work. Because so many kids, you see them, they slump and they're playing computer games or they're just slumped over. They sit on the floor at school and that's it. That's them set then for the next 50 years or whatever. And mm -hmm. it's really, really sad that we lose that from baby when when does that happen because it does and it's like we were breathing so beautifully we literally built perfect intra-abdominal pressure and now somewhere along the way maybe when we start school that gets lost and it never comes back unless you start to train it mm -hmm. i think because healthy breathing is actually it's a reflect it's a it's a thing we're able to do naturally mm -hmm. but we lose that ability mm. i think it even goes it even goes a step back from be teaching that to kids what actually needs to happen is the environment needs to stop fucking with the kids nice so then, then you would never have to train them to breathe properly exactly. so it's more like okay instead of spending eight hours a day sat down like that instead instead of making it so that 70 year olds have fucking exams to do um however many times a year like i mean yeah you've got your yeah. yeah, exactly. You've got a young kid, you know all about that kind of stuff, right? So it's yeah. like instead of making them stressed out, why don't we just let them be kids and actually let them grow properly? And um, in a, in a, it's, a, it's about the environment and it's just the environment will allow them to express the genetics properly. And we just don't, we just don't have that. Um, Not in this society. That. No way. No. In this society. It's really, really sad. And actually what's starting to happen like in reception, which is the first year of school, that's normally where kids are still allowed to play. And a lot of schools mm. these days are making those kids sit down and do work. And actually the whole concept from a neuroscience point of view, from learning through play and, and being playful is so important to learning. And actually mm -hmm. it's something as we as adults lose. Um, yeah. when, you know, when do you ever fuck about and play and just be silly when you're trying to learn something? Mm. It's absolutely key. Like This is a Dr. Andrew Huberman thing, but what he said in one of his podcasts is like the ability to play and have a joyful spirit, like a joyous spirit when you're an adult will help your learning process. If you're mm. trying to learn something new or studying and you're finding it hard and you're in that strain, go and do something silly, go mess about, look at jokes, not look at jokes, don't look at anything, but go and play. Yeah. Like you yeah. see it in the animal kingdom, right? 
animals play all the time and that's how they learn like social interaction and how to to hunt and things like that and yeah we're not doing that as adults but that's what kids are doing they're playing and to take that away at such a young age that's really really sad because we should be playing i think we should be playing all the way through to, to yeah. when we're old because that's yeah, how we learn yeah. that's how we get yeah. neuroplasticity yeah exactly like to to hit home that point as well so like strain and confusion is like a necessary part of learning if you're in that space Absolutely. it's a good thing yes great thing but, but uh, if you're getting frustrated from the process part of that is um if you haven't attached enough meaning to it so that you're actually enjoying the process so when yeah. you're enjoying the process you're getting that uh, dopamine uh, dopamine uh, uh, neurotransmitters is kicking in that tags your neural pathways and then so your the to to consolidate the learning your brain pays more attention to the areas that have been tagged with the dopamine and will um, will subsequently provide more attention to those areas for um, for myelination, for uh, enhancing that neural pathway. Right. So if you don't have that dopamine present, you're you're not going to um, you're not going to tag that. You're not sorry. You're not going to um, uh, create that neural pathway as strongly. So that's why play is important because play is problem solving in a fun kind of way. Yeah. So if you're able to introduce uh, some fun aspect to it as well as um, uh, some uh, meaning which you're like, you know what, this is a part of the process, but this process is super necessary and this super necessary means that it's getting me somewhere and therefore you yeah. can get that dopamine reward from that process. You're going to learn a lot more effectively than if you don't have that present. For sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's massively important. Um, yeah. I think you said it all. I don't think I want to add anything. Mm. <laughs> Likewise. That was cool to listen to. Hmm. We'll, uh, we'll we'll smash out some other questions. I'm just trying to think. All right, because we got so many. I want to make sure that we get through the pertinent ones. Yeah. Uh, so from your mate Laura. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. this. Why might say yeah, so? Shout out to Laura. Hello. Why, <laughs> why might I rather than kickboxing? And uh, and then as a tag on, uh, really is like how how important have you? Uh, yeah, how important are Mai Tai and doing grappling and doing martial arts to you? Why do you? Why would you recommend it to other people? Oh, so good. So Muay Thai, because I went to Thailand and Thai boxing from Thailand, kickboxing's American. Um, it was just the way, it was because my mate said, go and learn Muay Thai. That's the hardest thing. Like kickboxing wasn't even on my radar. So I was going to Thailand. That's where I was going to go. So Thai boxing and and I'm glad that that was the way because Thai boxing is traditional and there's a real style to it. I'm not sure that I would have got on with kickboxing in that it's lots of high kicks. And, and I think I'm just quite a, a sort of stand stance heavy fighter where I just stand and I do the work and I can't do all those fancy kicks. I just, I just, <laughs> just bang them in. So, yeah, that, I think Thai boxing just suited me better as well from what I've seen of kickboxing. Um, it, it's just a bit too energetic and my style of I guess fighting not that I've had a fight but I've done a lot of fight training is that I will just stand my ground <laughs> just, just not yeah and sorry what was the last bit of the question I can't remember uh so yeah so that was just my tag on which was because yeah. uh, you started grappling with us a lot That's as right. well yeah and um why um how those yeah how those things why are those things important to you like, um, and why would you recommend them to others? Because you talked about recommending them a little. Yeah. Um, you should do more. For me, 
the martial art, I mean, I wanted to learn, I was kind of thinking about MMA and things like that. And I wanted to learn wrestling, jujitsu, just as a kind of part. But also for me, it was the communities. It was kind of right. getting out of my area and going to different communities and being within those communities. So that for me was, was key. And, and just trying something new just being fearless and with the grappling, with the wrestling, just trying something new and putting myself out of my comfort zone and somewhere where it is quite a male dominated sport activity. Um, I didn't know any, well, I knew Gorinda, but I didn't know anyone at, at that moment. And, and just learning something new out of my comfort zone within a community. And it was, it was awesome. It, it was amazing. It is amazing. And I loved it straight away. And it was one of those ah, light bulb moments. It's like, yeah, this is wicked. Same with Thai boxing. It, it teaches you, the thing with sparring as well, is it teaches you, again, you've got to be present. You're there with the opponent. And there is, it's hard being in that sparring situation. You don't know what they're going to do. And at, in that moment, they want to hurt you and you've got to figure out how to protect yourself and how to hurt them back as well. So it is, it's life skills as well, in a way that you're trying to figure out and understand and get around. And it's the same with grappling. You're trying to figure out how to get someone onto the floor and it's, that's not working. So you try it again and you might fuck it up and then you go away and then you come back and you do it all right. And, and it's this constant process of figuring out how it puts, how it fits all together. But sparring, for me, in wrestling, I find that easier than Thai boxing. Thai boxing, I'm like, I'm, I'm very like, <laughs> oh, she's thrown a punch, so I'm going to throw a punch. And it's just, I can't quite get around. You've thrown a kick, so I've thrown a kick. And it's just, it's so hard and you've got to really think about it. And that's the struggle and the strain. And, and that, mm. it helps your brain as well as, obviously, the fitness as well. So... I get so much out of both in such oh, different yeah. ways, but the community for me was key. Those two. For sure. Love it. Love it. This is how me and Uma know each other. I love yeah, it. That's it. So it's, so it's, it's just a family. First day, first day at Wave. Yeah, yeah. First day at Wave. Like, oh, first really? I get changed. No, that's how you know I think each other. I, think I, I got it. Yeah, I think I asked Sam, and then Sam was, he pointed you out as his brother, and then we worked from there. Love so, it. Yeah. yeah. The rest is We're history. just a big yeah. wrestling jujitsu family, aren't we? That's so it. good. Thai boxing family, though. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, do you know what? I, I resonate with what you said about that wrestling. Um, it's it's not, I, I don't know what, whether it's like a, because Thai boxing or any kind of striking art happens so quickly and yeah. you have to react so quickly. And then it's like, it, it's all done in the integers. Like you can slow the pace down. You all of a sudden you snap and you throw something heavy. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, I wasn't ready for that. Oh, oh yeah. shit, I have, to, I have to kind of counteract for that. And the, the level changes are different. Everything is much more nuanced. Whereas like yes. grappling, it's like it's like we're flowing and we can we can flow. And I think um, yeah, I'm bringing them both together is I think super fun. That's that's where yeah. like mixed martial arts kind of comes in. Where I think like yeah. okay, in a second we're gonna be on the floor. In a second we're gonna stand yeah. up again. And then it's I'm going to really be okay yeah. into the cage. So much excitement. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, sometimes you it's... finish the round and you're tired, but you're just like, that was, all, that was awesome. I want to go again. You know what I mean? That was yeah. super brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Sure. And also just with grappling and, and wrestling and everything, it's like you can tap out. Like as much as everyone doesn't want to, you can tap out. In Thai boxing, there's no tap out. You just, you just get hurt. And that's when you have that timeout. So it's kind of different in that way. There is no tap out 
other than you saying stop. So it's it's a different kind of process in, in when you're in the ring with someone sparring. You just have to carry on until that round's done. Even if you're hurt, unless you're really hurt, you've got to carry on. Yeah. You tap out with mm. wrestling and jujitsu. So that, that's my kind of understanding. It's a little muddy at the moment because I haven't been doing wrestling for that long, but that's kind of how I'm seeing it. Um, mm. Like um, <clears throat> your friend Cass and your friend Becky both asked about the music industry. Yeah. And... Um, and we were talking earlier about the Gladiator soundtrack. Yes. And yes, tell us <laughs> so about excited. that because they want <laughs> they they want to know about uh, you know your memorable moment from music industry or yeah. do you have any funny celebrity stories? But because yeah. we were talking about Gladiator soundtrack, he had Let's something to say about that. Yeah. Well, that be, yeah. Go ahead, tell us what was that? Yeah. About? So my first job was within publishing um, at Beggars Group, and one of the artists that my boss looked after was an artist called Lisa Gerard. Lisa Gerard has done lots of music with Hans Zimmer. She does a lot of OST, so original soundtrack, film scores, and she's got this powerful voice. I mean, it is powerful, it's amazing. Like her, her old band that she used to sing with is called Dead Can Dance. And if you listen to any of those songs, in particular, there's a song called Sambion, which I'll spell out uh, if you want me to, G. Um, yeah. It's super powerful. Um, that's S-A-M-V-E-A-N, Sambion. Um, but she did a lot of work with Hans Zimmer. She did the Gladiator soundtrack. The really interesting thing about Lisa is that she doesn't sing words. She basically, <laughs> she sings gobbledygook. It's, there's just nothing. It's like, and it's, but it, it, you think that it is something like it sounds like a yeah. language, but it's exactly. not, it's Lisa's language. It's just nothing. Just it's, it's, it's just made up stuff. And it's really, really apparent on Sombion, but uh, like Gladiator, you can hear it. I think it's the same track that's on Elysium as well, the film Elysium. Mm -hmm. um, but she's done loads of work, but all her stuff is beautiful, but it is no, they are no words. It's nothing. It's just sound, but I quite like that. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's made up shit. That's I like so it. Cool. Like, yeah, because that track, especially Now We Are Free, where it starts playing at the end of Gladiator, and you're like, oh, this is so beautiful. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> There's no meaning have, I, have I ruined the moment for you now? Is that is it gone? You're just like, oh, she's just singing utter shit. She's yes. just literally doing that. There's nothing. It's hilarious. So I never knew that. I genuinely yeah, I thought she was some, some foreign language. That's just like, <laughs> yeah, this is legit. This is so it cool. Like I have no clue. No, no. Exactly, oh, man. It sounded like that it makes like beautiful, like Arabic language or something. But, yeah. <laughs> but it, okay, so sorry, it, that's maybe unfair to say it's gobbledygook. It's what she feels. Yes, at that it makes moment. it more powerful. It makes it more powerful. It's her language. You know? It's her I language think, to embody yeah. the music that she's hearing, and it, mm -hmm. it, every time she nails it, she's amazing. She's mm, amazing. Yeah, because what's interesting about it is what you say. Uh, so maybe linked to what you said about you never want to hear somebody else play their music because you want to figure out your own interpretation yeah. of it. And I wonder if it's like a similar sort of thing for her, whereas like I, I don't want to get ideas from anywhere else. I just want to channel whatever comes comes out. That's exactly that. Exactly that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder how much of it is influenced by others, and if it's just like you know, this is just pure what I've got going on. I don't know where it came from. I think it's pure Lisa. Hmm. That's yeah. interesting. I think we're gonna, Love it. we're gonna give it one more. Do it. Oh man, 
I'm sorry. There's like, uh, sorry to the peeps. We can't get around to the questions. We're on hour three. I think we're <laughs> this is this is crazy how quickly this time goes. I know. It's mad. It's gone quick. So what has, uh, so this is from your friend Ava. And um, so I'm going through change in my life at the moment. Are there any particular exercises or movements you can recommend to help ease my anxiety and release my tension? Yeah. So what we were talking about earlier, breathing, mm. knowing how mm. to breathe well, releasing the diaphragm, making sure the diaphragm's functioning properly, making sure your alignment is there. So when I say your alignment is there, it's just things like making sure the pelvis is stacked well, the legs are in line, just so that your body can start to realign as you breathe. So that for me mm. is really important, just learning how to breathe well, getting the muscles around the diaphragm, to function better. So there's that, but there's different levels of breathing as well, isn't there? We can do the nose breathing where it's in through the nose, out through the nose. Then we can do in through the nose, out through the mouth. We can do the uh, tension breathing where it's in through the nose, out through the mouth, but then you, you, you force breathe it. So you kind of do, like it's like blowing up a balloon where you and that creates that, that tension and you hold that tension and that's how you improve your intra-abdominal pressure. But all that's gonna down-regulate the sympathetic nervous system, up-regulate the parasympathetic, which is gonna be really good. Um, but also things like, doing yoga nidra yoga sleep mm. which is what yoga nidra means and just mm -hmm. things like body scans i would absolutely recommend doing body scans where you are just letting your body go and you relax each part of your body doing this really really nice breathing as well so i use a breathing that i know within the yoga nidra and that is pretty powerful in terms of helping anxiety helping tension in the body, helping you move better, for sure. Mm. I think just giving yourself that moment, that's almost like no sensory, that's no sensory, like just diving down and not thinking about stuff, but just breathing and doing that body scan will really help just mm. let your body downregulate a little bit as well. And you can find these guided um, scant body scans and guided yoga nidra on YouTube as well, really easy to find. Yeah. So it's not like you have to pick a specific yeah. one. It's just yeah. ones that are with you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, um, yeah, that's, yeah, pretty much. It's like basically what can you do to stimulate your uh, parasympathetic nervous system, which is involved in helping you rest and stay calm. And breathing exactly. is the number one tool for that because when you breathe, you activate the diaphragm in a certain way. You can do it and you can activate it in other ways as well, but there's this particular way that you you know, you describe there is just making sure that you're breathing correctly to help you um, tell your brain to calm down. And, um, and the takeaway there is that you want to exhale for longer than you inhale as well. So that's an important add-on to, to that because uh, uh, that helps you to calm down. And then uh, there's also something to be said for actually increasing your stress tolerance as well. So there's one thing of managing the um, uh, managing the anxiety and releasing tension by getting yourself into that calm state. But when it's safe to do so, uh, i.e. when you're not in an anxious bout, uh, you can employ breathing techniques which will help you do the opposite, which is actually build your stress tolerance as well. Mm -hmm. So... Well, like cardiovascular fitness, for example, is cardiorespiratory fitness really is like, uh, let's use the example of going for a run. Um, when you do that, when you're building your cardio fitness up, you're building your stress tolerance, you're building your body, body and your mind's ability to handle more stress. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and, um, 
and one of the things that's going on there is is an elevated level of breathing you know more inhale than you are exhale then if you can't go for doing some sort of cardio exercise then or anything that gets your heart rate jacked up you can just do the uh, breathing exercise um like similar things to like a wim hof method or tumor breathing or mm -hmm. kundalini breathing something like that which will help um and do more inhale than you do exhale and that will help you increase uh, stress tolerance over time oh interesting yeah so it's like because the theory at the moment is is something that's being proven it is going through the process of being proven but the theory is that um when you have that uh, rapid breathing you are increasing acetylcholine and, and noradrenaline and uh, norepinephrine that's pumping through the body and these are neurotransmitters and neurochemical and um, and it and neurotransmitters and a hormone which are involved with um, uh, taking action and um, when you say for example when you're feeling agitated and you need mm -hmm. to you need to move those are the those are neurochemicals that are pumping through your brain to telling you to take action and uh, they induce focus and they make you want to take uh, take action as well so those breathing techniques uh, doing the reverse of the calming version will help you uh, jack up your uh, stress tolerance over time basically pretty cool Really yeah, cool. yeah. Necessarily, especially if you experience like a heavy level of anxiety. If you are currently in an anxious state, you might want to be wary of doing something like that. Is yeah. because it can make you more anxious, and especially if you're not doing it well. And um, so you want to have uh, control over the scenario that you do that in as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you never want to do this kind of stuff while you're actually out for a walk, while you're actually running around or driving or something like that, because. As, uh, when you get that much more oxygen in you, I was doing it with a client this morning who just needed to like do some breathing drills. And um, I was like, okay, you're on the floor right now, turn over slowly and get up slowly because you might feel lightheaded and, and fall over. And he got up slowly and he was like, that was good advice because I feel lightheaded. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Take, take it easy because you're just taking in more oxygen than um, uh, your body's currently used to. So there's there's the other end of the spectrum as well. It's like you can do a bunch of stuff which you can help you calm down, and then you can do a bunch of stuff which you can help you improve your stress tolerance That's as well. Really interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. I need to read a little bit more about that. Yeah. 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 Thing is, thing is, most uh, was it Brian Huberman? His his most latest Instagram videos is on the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 Check that was, out. Yeah. yeah watching that a few days ago as well and then um there's, okay. there's, yeah. yeah there's the andrew book. sorry andrew Hibben. right his his tweet hey brian oh, you will. <laughs> hey, brian brian yeah yeah i don't know why that's funny i've got the family yeah, brian the dog in my head yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's in delayed that's um yeah he made that he made that point and i was like yeah that's that's totally legit because everybody's always so talking good. about calming yeah. yeah he's amazing he's like uh, definitely a big inspiration right now is like Massive. everybody's always talking about calming down the nervous system but we forget that we also need to be able to learn how to build our tolerance as well and you yeah, can do that through up. breathing you can do it in, mm. in both directions yeah so yeah i'm glad you made that uh, brought him up again because i would recommend people to follow him yeah and um uh what was oh there was something there can't remember, but I've actually done yeah, that in cardio, basically. actually. So what are you talking about there? Mm -hmm. Like I remember working with uh, with muscle nerds, I think it was, and they were talking about how um, during your rest period you want to almost flip the script and be be calming, be relaxing, try and return mm -hmm. that baseline down again, recover as fast as mm -hmm. possible. But then during mm -hmm. your work period, you're almost like trying to amp yourself up with the breath. So you're, you're mm -hmm. on the rower, cool. you're just trying to pull the chain off, and you're just trying to think about hyping yourself, hyping yourself, nice. hyping yourself, taking it as high as you can, nice. taking it as low as you can, taking it as high as you can. And that variance is what we what we know about, like HRV and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You want that yeah. 
those poles yeah. to be as far apart from each other as possible. So you have this mm-hmm. huge error margin to, to kind of play in. And uh, yeah, yep. it definitely, definitely works. I, I remember kind of employing that kind of tactic and then coming back to jiu-jitsu and feeling like I've got much, much more gas in the right. tank. Right. That's wicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. wicked. Amazing. I man. love that. Yeah. Wicked. Oh, man, I reckon that's a good place to call it. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. Three right. hours, 10. That was epic. Look at that. Loved that was it. epic. Absolutely love that. It's wicked. Thanks for having me, guys. You're a legend. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. Thank how thank Pro- you. Proper inspiration. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. For coming on and having a really stick chat cool. with us as well. No, I've uh, loved yeah, we it. could carry on. I know yeah, we could carry could, on as well. Could go on to the early hours of the night, couldn't we? But yeah. <laughs> exactly. Another <laughs> time for sure. Exactly. How can people find you? And if they want to work with you, what's the best way for them to find you? So my website is www.jkpilates.com. Um, or you can check out my Instagram, which is probably where I do my most work. So it's just, what is it? Instagram.com slash Jude, J-U-D-E, Karen, K-E-R-E-N, Pilates as well. And that's probably the best place to find me. I do lots of pictures. They're all a bit stylized, but, you know, I write stuff as well. So, yeah, silly stories. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got some uh, epic stylized pictures to come, right? You've done my Iron Man one. We've got the Captain America I've one. I've done all them. Captain America one. Come on. Exactly. That's coming. We'll reveal that to the world. That's worth looking at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That's gonna be hilarious. Oh, Wicked. That was super stuff. That was good stuff. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>